The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 46. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander. Uh, Plus a side serving of entertainment, pop culture discussions for ancillary influences and just having good chats with good people and uh, seeing what's going on. Uh, I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, the tend to be overly optimistic one and uh, channeling the uh, Selesna yoga pants this week with um, really excited about uh, Katilda Dawnhart Prime for some reason and keep thinking about the movie Midsummer. But that's another thing I'll talk about later. Uh, and joined, as always, by Cheshire, the villain's jawbone, the grinning idiot. <laughs> Got it in there. How you doing, man? <laughs> How am I doing? Hey, wizards. How about you tell everyone how I'm doing? Where's my fucking werewolf deck for Brawl, you bastards? Wait, what? I mean, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You can make one in Brawl. Like, all the cards it's are there. It's shit. It, no, no, because... No, 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 So, no. So, they gave us a really bad commander. No, it's not. I played it in commander today. It's fantastic. It's cool. It's terrible in Brawl okay. to have to take turn four off. Oh. And then to have to try and transform... <laughs> Is another waste of an entire turn, Sam. Well, Trust me, well, it's a waste of a deck. If we've learnt anything, it's you can't always please the chesh. So, uh, you know, they, they, there was an attempt. It was fine. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Try it out in Commander, I'll say. It's a, it's a funky one. And I have a cool... Uh, Might be good got, in Commander. It's no good in Brawl. We wanted it in fucking Brawl. Oh, Brawl, who's playing Brawl? Exactly. This is a Commander podcast, Josh. Anyway, um, <laughs> as it always goes, and I'll introduce our guest now so uh, so they can join in and it'll be awesome and uh, get the get the memes flowing. Uh, but uh, our guest profiles with the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, uh, why we play in an effort to promote and celebrate those and uh, just get smarter people on the podcast other than myself. And I mean, Josh is definitely up there, but um, it's... Yeah, diversify our opinions and get some perspectives and uh, just have great conversations with great people. So um, without further ado, we've got Level 3 Judge, Commander Advisory Group member, the incredible EDH mind. Um, mind you, absolutely smashes every time uh, you show up on Lexicon. Uh, I, I will will add that uh, it's always a good time. But live from Finland, it's Charlotte Sable. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's really excited for this one. And I remember Chesh was like, yes, get Charlotte on because Charlotte is awesome and uh, we're going to have a great time. And of course... And plus, we haven't played a game of Commander together in like a year and a half. Yeah. So. I mean, I haven't been Same. on like Lexicon in forever. Just haven't yeah, been playing yeah. much lately just because of that other stuff going on. Just how life And you know, I don't time. know, I'm kind of burnt out on Webcam Commander a bit. It's like, yeah. it's it's fine, it's fun, but like, I miss, you know, sitting down and having the actual cards across the table from me and everything, and yeah, you yeah. know, I'm tired of like, point. looking at screens and trying to be social that yeah. way, it's like, uh, you know? Yeah. I, I miss staring into somebody's eyes when they delay the game <laughs> yeah. and and burning them with my hot look of mm-hmm. disgust yeah. like I, I, you know i like, like to why like you to be doing able this to like to read people's cards without having to ask what card is that or you know being able to yeah. sort of like gauge how big someone's hand in without is without having to ask and you know that sort of stuff 
I really thought you meant in like a poker sense just then, and I, I did not uh, blink uh, one bit because I'm like, yeah, you could totally do it, I'm sure, um, being, the, being the mastermind you are. But we watched, uh, what was it, the Matt Damon movie Rounders this week, which was just yeah. an absolute poker romp from the 90s, and it apparently rated higher than The Rainmaker, which I think is a far superior movie. But anyway, basically it's just, it's always the same. Matt Damon, genius, uh, you know, uh, kind of underprivileged kid, uh, but just goes knows exactly all the cards in people's hands just by looking at them, and that was exactly the picture I got. I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you've got a, uh, I don't know, you've got a man of dork and a counter spell in your hand or something, and you can tell just by the way people look at them. <laughs> that's the stuff oh, we're missing. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not Matt Damon. That's Matt fucking Damon. Why is what, what where that adjective it's a come internet from? Internet meme. Don't worry. Oh, really? It's oh. like Matt fucking Damon. Oh, I'm completely. Like, old man not savvy about this one, so... Um, yeah, and I'm the oldest old. one here, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Down with the kids, exactly. All the cool memes. Down with the Gastons. Yeah, exactly. See, I didn't even know what a Gaston was. There you go. So, um, But, no, anyway, what we'll do to, to kind of get straight into it, um, there's, it's very nebulous as it often goes. You know, we just, we just spout off for a couple of hours and see what happens, and that's the fun of this podcast and why... I'm sure uh, people are listening to it and having a lot of fun as they do. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't make it, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, what we're going to do to talk to Charlotte about today was was kind of, uh, of course, some of the fun little discord of uh, discourse, sorry, of uh, the the commander bannings lately, and also uh, Charlotte's role in the CAG, and uh, by kind of proximity to all that happening. Um, a kind of a re- rehash on a little bit of what the CAG is about, which I think needs to often be stated to people, um, you know, especially when people are copying a bit of flack. Um, yeah, kind of the state of format. But more importantly, I just want to, you know, kind of tell a bit of, uh, you know, get, get some of Charlotte's story and, and, and you know, uh, the path to the CAG and, 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 you know, judging that kind of thing. And again, those those perspectives that just are highly valuable and, you know, hopefully make our commander kind of uh, existence a bit more enjoyable and, you know, a bit more informed for sure. So, um, yeah, I think Brewer's Notes was where I was going to start it off with in that, yeah, we've got a whole new set out. That's fine. Um, I guess we'll start to pick it apart, Chesh, and I think we're going to brew a couple of things. As I said, I think Catilda was had my eye, but we'll, we'll find out as, as the product comes out. But mainly looking at, yeah, the big thing this week for uh, changes in decks, that kind of thing. Of course, uh, you know, the, the rule was made that Golos was was banned from Commander. So, um, yeah, Charlotte, off the top, I know you've talked about this a bit this week. Uh, and I know uh, check out definitely the Commander Theory podcast for a much more in-depth version of this, uh, listeners, because uh, there's, a, there's a great discussion there. And I don't I don't want me to take all your time just talking about Golos, that kind of thing. But um, off the top of it, how how's your week been as far as, you know, uh, looking at that banning and, and the, the kind of... Uh, any kind of outcries about it and, uh, you know, anything you've had to justify? Um, it's been pretty good. Honestly, the reception's been a bit better than me and a few others have ex- expected it to be. We <laughs> oh, totally, be, totally. We thought, you know, I mean, no one, you know, no one knew how, you know, the format would react to, you know, the top commander being banned. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we figured there'd be more hue and cry, but, like, no, it's been pretty chill and... You know, it definitely seems like the people that are upset about the ban are in a minority. And I mean, not that their feelings aren't valid. And, you know, I mean, it sucks to have, mm-hmm. a, you know, a commander banned out from under you. But at the same time, you know, 
most of the community is, you know, but I mean, even a bunch of those people, like I've seen so many things this week that are like, yeah, I have, you know, a Golo stack or two Golo stacks and yeah, he needed to be banned. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people and it's like interesting that they understand that it's like, yeah, it's when it becomes just so homogenous that <laughs> it's the better choice. And I think the key yeah. there too, you've seen so many people talk about it, just like it's uh, some people don't believe in it, but that's like, it is what it is, that kind of thing. But yeah. the the biggest point I got out from the, 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 um, the whole thing, and I think Sheldon said it, it's like the whole point of, you know, having a, having a ban list, all that stuff, it's to set a baseline of commander. And then yeah. if someone's going to go, I've got my Squirrel Tribal Golos thing I've put a lot of love into, let's rule zero that, that's fine. But it's it's, yeah. it's just, it's it's very funny. We can often look at Commander seeing mostly this perspective of like this this in crowd of, you know, content creators, that kind of thing, and, and see a lot of that going around. But we, we often forget about the person in the store who doesn't have much of a guideline of what the format is or, you know, yeah. and it almost... You know, exactly. just when going out in the wild, so to speak. But uh, of course, we could we could go on for ages about that for sure. But yeah, yeah it's exactly. been a wild one. I mean, the, the ban list is there to sort of regulate. You know, when you're playing with people you don't know very well, or in a play group that you know, mm. like you know, you walk into a store, you walk into a command fest, you walk into you know, you pick up a random game, you know, on spell table. Like you want to know. You know, you want to have a baseline for what's expected. And, like, sure, there's still a wide, you know, swath of what's possible in there. But, you know, we want the people that are playing the lower power decks and maybe aren't that enfranchised to mm -hmm. sort of have a more good general experience when they go into those places, right? Like, mm. that's that's basically what it boils down to. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chesh, I know you had a uh, a funny little discussion about it, and we even had a stream on Tuesday where it's like, "Hey, let's let's do in memoriam uh, Golos." <laughs> and I took it out of my Niv Mizzet Reborn Maze Zen deck, and uh, you you ran it almost as a gesture to go, "Hey, guess what? In in the right company, like in the company, if everyone's cool with it, that kind of thing." Yep. It was to show that you can totally still run it. That's fine. But it's yeah. like you just talk to people. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I pretty much coined it when I, when I was talking about how Golos is basically that, that you know, abusive partner uh, where everyone is like, but this this looks fine. But it's like, no, you haven't you haven't seen the bad side of this. Like, if you think this is fine, you're, you're seeing the absolute other side. Whereas, you know, if you've been around, and it's not even around long enough, but if you've been in enough diverse groups, you will have seen the Golos decks that are just filled with good stuff. They are just, you know, all the same homogenized, like pinpoint, mm. just, just you know, not not fun at all because the the people powering, or the the people powering those out, um, are the people who just kind of like want to steamroll their way through a game, mm. and it's like kind of. And, and people can, you know, disagree with this and, and that's fine, but it's kind of just against the spirit of Commander in a way, uh, just because it is such a, 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 just a, you know, boring, same old, same old deck, just filled with good stuff. And I think I, I heard it being said, it's like, it's when it's objectively the best choice for most things. And it's like, that's, yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's, you're in like, well, why would you not run it? And I always kind of, I find those ones tricky that, again, sometimes we find ourselves in the, in the, the kind of communities where we are quite vocal about uh, our play experiences and having fun and, and being creative, that kind of thing. And so therefore, you know, it's, we go, no, that kind of is just 
a little bit boring kind of thing too. I, but like there's, there's definitely places that people go, why wouldn't you run girls and, and you know, just do it. And, and people go, oh, okay, feel pressured into just doing that. And personally, that's, that's one of the points. Every time that I see somebody say, why wouldn't I run, you know, X deck in commander because X deck is the best deck. I'm like, what are you so boring, actually, <laughs> no, no, but what are you actually playing commander for? Yeah. Exactly. Like you, you have to go and reassess. It, it's something I did an article on oh, probably about three years ago now, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, you know, the psychology and what makes commander fun. Yeah. Because it's that point of like, what's fun for you might not be fun for the table. Totally. And you really have to cater not only for yourself, but for your table and your play group. Yeah. Um, so why would you play like the deck that is just the best choice? Yeah. You know, because there's no prizes on the line. The only thing that's on the line is you winning. So if you're somebody who just needs to win, like you, you probably want to check yourself a little bit. Yeah. Because exactly. it's like, you don't need to win. You need to like check what your priority is in regards to like playing commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Open mind and all that stuff too. So um, no, no, totally. And and I think uh, it's 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 been it's been wild to see uh, you know like wildfire as well as part of that whole thing that you know the other side of the banning or the unbanning um, to to see a card that pretty much got insta banned as far as I know back in uh, yeah. you know, twenty thirteen. Um, and, and just going, you know, there was, I've heard it being said, there was just, wasn't that many answers around there now, but to go, well, that's, that's pretty much now just unbanned. It's, it's all good. And, and of course mm-hmm. people are like, don't spec on this, don't buy them. And people do, of course, but, uh, that should be interesting to see as well. But, uh, again, I don't know. I think that the, the main point I came to this week was like, I, we have to admit that we still only see, uh, if we're critical of, of the CAG or, you know, or sorry, not the CAG, but the, the RC or whatever, and the, the, the rules being, being made, we always have to uh, accept that no one has the, the most kind of wide viewing view of commander, that kind of thing. And anyone commenting on this usually well has a, has a very mm-hmm. limited view, myself included. And it's like, I can go, ah, oh, this is what I feel personally and anecdotally, but you know, that's the point of the RC and the CAG to get that huge wide arching view and especially to, to kind of uh, integrate opinions of and, and like what it means for people that might not even kind of do anything with content, that kind of thing too. So, um, yeah, how was conversely, how did you find the, the world fire uh, announcement uh, this week too, Charlotte? Uh, people are like fine. It seems. Um, yeah. Oh, also a little bit of context date-wise. I found the dates. Um, so M13 came out in July 13th, 2012, and World Fire was banned on September 19th, 2012. So wow. it had two months in the format. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder what happened then exactly. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah. interestingly, it was also banned at the same date as Primeval Titan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, poor, uh, poor Primeval Titan, and and I think a lot of people go. There's a lot of cases to be made to unban that that kind of thing. But you know, yeah, there's, there's could, a lot. Of- I mean, this episode isn't about. My opinions on the ban list. So. <laughs> no, totally, totally. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, uh, the World Fire reaction's been good. I have heard a couple people thinking it, you know, I heard a couple people like, eh, I don't know what it really adds to the format. But at the same time, like a lot of people are like, yeah, this is probably just never going to see play. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. 
if if like a justifiably strong card like painter servant got unbanned and sees relatively little play you know world fire is not going to see much at all yeah exactly and i think it just goes to show how much stuff there is to do for you know if you want to win the game with almost 10 mana now these days there's probably just a billion other things to do you know that kind of thing so um yeah exactly i i almost see that in the spirit of like hey unbanned if it just doesn't need to be anymore and almost uh you know because it has been said right it's like it's it's uh, that would everyone would much rather not ban things if possible yeah i mean i'd much rather you know i mean everyone would rather see a smaller ban list of things that make more sense to have banned but at the same time you know like at the same time it's just there's there's a line to be drawn like there's a difference between if this card would print were printed today we wouldn't ban it versus we should unban the card right like if the card's banned and it's going to be unbanned it should you know add something to the format rather than just you know not be as terrible as it used to be sort of thing right yeah exactly exactly um but yeah as i I think on that note too I'll, i'll absolutely uh kind of recommend again to check out latest i think it's the latest episode of the commander theory podcast um, uh, as a sh- recording yeah i think so yeah yeah i don't think um, they've had anything else out since then which uh yourself and those guys talk about um yeah have a good run through of that and and all the yeah. ramifications that kind of thing too so um yeah but it's 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 interesting uh you talk about also that it's a it's an ongoing process if anything else like people are like, oh, unban this unban that and that's like well these things take time of course and yeah, you know, we we may well see that but again it's uh, and it is know, what the, it RC, is. The, the way the rc is is you know they move slowly so yeah yeah exactly um well no good to cover all that um apart from apart from all that stuff and i'm, I'm glad we kind of touched on that fairly briefly because there's there's been a lot said about it and and thankfully I, I guess uh it has been you know fairly understanding for a lot of people some people don't agree with it, that's fine but like fairly you know i i expect an absolute eruption uh this week but it wasn't too bad um but other than that we have just seen of course uh our midnight hunt kind of come out too so uh the pre-release yeah. this weekend and um i don't know it's it's always you know you can go into our productivity whatever but i personally had a great little uh experience this week taking some advice of some of our friends and just going hey don't even don't even look at the spoilers or teasers whatever uh like much and then kind of get into and maybe get some product and open up and uh even did a a a little pre-release just over webcam with with our mate rod and it was just fun it was like it was kind of like experienced the joy of you know a new set again without being saturated by content that kind of thing exactly and it's like I, I really we really focus on trying to get that experience back a little bit and going, yeah. Oh, what's it like to just go, Oh, what's this card doing? I mean, and that yeah, was I think super, I think the fun. last time I had that experience was like with Mystery Booster. Yeah, because totally. Because like totally. I think they released the full list before, but like that li- you know, it's sixteen hundred. Yeah, who's cards. reading you that exactly? Keep, <laughs> you can't keep that in your head, right? Like Yeah, totally. But it was just so cool. Like it's like, Oh, that card, oh that card, oh that's cool, that's neat, you know? Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. And your mind's racing you, going, what kind of deck am I going to build but, to? And, and but it's like, different yeah. with new cards, right? Like, mm. yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, I remember the days of like, you know, buying packs of a set that, you know, I had didn't know anything about before I opened it and be like, oh my God, that's cool. 
you know. Yeah, exactly. And like then having debates with your friends, you're like, this is going to be insane. They're like, what are you talking about? It's going to be awful. Like, you know, it's like, oh, let me show you. You know, it's it's, it's the best. Or like way back in the day, it's like, oh, there's more art to that card. Like, you know. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And speaking of those art too, so the showcase frames on these actually might be my favorite. And it's uh, which the uh, the black and white ones or the Uh, uh, they're being cool, but the or the harvest ones. Oh, harvest! Yes, it is harvest. Yeah, that's exactly or whatever right. they call them. The yeah, the leafy ones. That. The leafy ones, exactly. They feel very harvesty, and and I don't know. It's and it, it that's the fun part of all these. They're always someone's always got a favorite yeah. here, there, and everywhere. And and I think for them to also include so many different artists each time is is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and, and I'm kind of sad that like they they did the basics in the black and white, but they didn't like give us harvest lands. Like the normal basics are kind of harvesty. But, yeah. like, would have been cool to see some basics also with the harvest frame since there's two, you know? Oh, totally, totally. And it's like, it's interesting, too. It's, um, uh, the, I have heard a few people say, yeah, you can't really sometimes look at what's what in as far as, like, especially I've got a friend who's colorblind and it's like, it would be very hard to decipher each of these, you know, uh, without asking. Yeah. Not that we're sitting there in commander going, well, I only see three forests there. What are you doing? You know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. But, yeah. Is an honesty system, but uh, yeah, all power to them. Now they look cool. I did see too on the uh, a lot of those borders, they've got like a spot UV treatment, which is pretty sweet. Um, as far oh, as nice. uh, yeah, they're, they're playing around with different printing stuff, which is um, which is fun. Yeah. So, um, not bad at all, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Did uh, Charlotte, did you have anything you kind of uh, you've looked at in the set and you're like, oh, definitely, definitely gonna mess around with that and and um, or anything um, uh, brew wise? I don't know if I'm necessarily going to build anything new, but I mean, there's certainly a lot of fun cards that I want to slot into decks. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, the one silly idea I had that I could probably just whip up <laughs> super easily is uh, what's the new vampire, black red vampire guy, Vol- Florian? Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, he is he like possibly just the best Dragon's Approach commander ever? Like, oh wait a second! I've been playing that in stand. I need to see this now. I need to read the full Florian. Uh, uh, Florian, I have him up here. So he's one black red right. for a three three vampire noble. He has first strike, which is decent. And then which at the beginning amazing. of your post combat yeah. main phase, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the total amount of life your opponents lost this turn. Exile <laughs> one of those cards and put the rest on the bottom in a random order. You may play the exiled card this turn. Oh yeah! Please do this. This is amazing. So, like, dragons approach. You know, you cast a dragons approach. You get to look at nine cards. Yep. You know, possibly get another dragons approach, or you know, if you cast oh. two dragons approach before you get eighteen cards, it's like. <laughs> so my mind was going. I've been playing, of course, the dragons approach. Uh, shout out to Daquan Watson. It was uh, he had a um, he had a great deck. I just kind of like, oh, I'll build this on arena. It's a lot of fun and. Um, for some reason, my my one v one hat is on. I'm like, oh, it just does three damage. Oh, and commander does nine. Well, it does oh. three to each opponent. And, yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. It's like, wow, also, okay. like you know, he's a really good sidekick for Rakdos, Lord of Riots. Like in that yep, deck, yep. that's like he's just going to be ridiculous. Like it's like that you have Rakdos, you have Florian, you know, and then oh, your opponent's lost. Dragon. You know, let's say ten life. You get to look at your ten cards find like your biggest nastiest beater and now it's you know 10 cheaper and oh this is fantastic uh tm patent patent pending uh charlotte's deck idea this is perfect but uh yeah, yeah. and then or whatever whatever dragon you want to go find later of course like yeah. you gotta get or whatever yeah exactly one. um yeah 
just play yeah. Mask with Nexus. I don't know. What I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's a cool set. I love the new Gisa. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. I don't. Uh, I'm not a fan of the graveyard hate on her though, because it's just going to make her a big target. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Although I think the um. Although again, you know the fact. I mean, it's at least tied to what she does, right? You get them. As mm. opposed to say, what's the uh, new the new uh, Liesa, the uh, black white angel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool to see. Um, Lisa who has the same different. the same exile thing, but doesn't do anything with those creatures. She just hates them out, right? Like, yeah. So I guess Geese's one is a bit more like. It reminds me a little bit of something like, oh, what's the one from my first ever mythic from Battle of uh, Battle for Zendikar, the the vampire, Kalidus. Um, in that, yeah. yeah, it's it's got that it's doing something with it, but it's that that yeah. secondary kind of mode is basically just uh, yeah. switching off some of your opponent's resources in a in a interesting way that feels very much like a lot of that's happening this set um, yeah. a bit more, and I think it's you know card design is going yeah this is actually a powerful thing because a lot of people mm-hmm. treat their uh, their graveyards as their hands as as everyone's heard you know that kind of thing yeah so, i mean in general um, like i like i like the way the set looks um i like the black and white art it's cool um yeah nothing is catching nice. me for building really though yeah yeah uh-huh. um they're always really weird ones that that i don't I don't know. It's I, I might have an idea of the type of thing I might I might want to uh, go build, but then something just goes. It doesn't even look that good to me, but for some reason I can't help but think about it and just want to build it anyway. And um and, and as I said, Catilda yeah. was that for me. And I think it would be really good, but it's like I just want to find ways to play wacky things, um for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, as I said, the the whole there's a couple of those uh, cards with the whole autumn thing with the whole uh, what do you call it the festival uh, the it's it's yeah. very. It's got that the, har- the harvest tide thing, yeah, 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 and I really dig that. And I think each each kind of iteration of um, Innistrad, they've they've added a couple of new layers of of flavor there. And it's, I mean, there's no secret; mm-hmm. it's, it's generally a lot of people's favorite plane for um for for kind of flavor and, and what goes on there. So yeah, it's cool. Um, I like I like the sort of more I like what they've done with the set, just sort of flavor wise. In that, okay, there's no more Abyssin, there's no more big church, so the people are sort of turning back to sort of folk beliefs and stuff, and they have, like, all the big, like, you know, harvest festival, you know, candles, you know, gourds, jack-o'-lanterns, you know, keep away the evil spirits stuff, you know, in a more sort of primal sort of way, which is neat. They definitely have a lot of pumpkins. That, uh, is a fun yeah. One. yeah, and there's, there's actually there's, there's a jack-o'-lantern of... card. <laughs> literally, literally. Uh, yeah, and the human tokens have uh, little pumpkins on them and stuff. And then I think the, the Renin 7 uh, showcase art had a, had a massive jack-o'-lantern, which is pretty sweet. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, Renin 7, yeah. I was... I was pretty excited for Augur of Autumn too, as uh, as as like a, a a new top deck manipulation thing. Again, it's kind of remixing some of the things we've seen on things like uh, the Centaur yeah. was the old one, um, you know, dropping lands off the, yeah. the library. But I think it'd be just a nice another. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely um, I'm definitely happy for that because I have a mono green human deck, right? Oh, nice, nice. I have a mono green like led by Kovla because he interacts with humans. Mm. And the thing is, you don't really get a lot of mono green humans outside of Innistrad no. sets, so it's like, ah, oh, goodies for the deck. 
Yeah. Um, and actually looking for this, uh, looking for pieces, like interesting pieces for this Katilda deck. I was looking at those because you like, Katilda makes the, the creature tap for the mana uh, of the color it is. So a lot of the stuff, if you're just doing, you're going to do the, the token route, a lot of your stuff just going to be white. But yeah. looking for those mono green humans is interesting. Um, seeing yeah. like Magus of the Candelabra and, and things like that. But yeah there's, yeah, there's no shortage. It's just which funky ones you want to run. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, should, so, yeah, there's lots cool. of good ones here. So it's like, it's like, yeah, I can actually cut some of the more of the chaff out of the deck, which is good. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think it, it's the type of thing, I think this deck, uh, sorry, this set has a lot of that stuff in the in-between, which I always love. And I think Modern Horizons was my, or two, was my biggest version of that in that I think even like a year's time, something else will be printed by, oh, that totally fits with that. You know, this wacky thing yeah. they tried out. Um, there's, there's definitely true to kind of what I've thought about the design in general with with uh with magic has been that they are still pushing a lot of interesting design spaces yeah. and um types that kind of thing and definitely uh, I, i'd urge people to check out uh kristen um gregory had a, a great article i think last week about all the um all the interesting kind of in-between stuff that you should be looking at for the uh basically it was just like a commander set review but it's like look a focus on some of the you know yeah. uh the smaller stuff like there's a there's basically a functional rex age in white uh you know that has flash yeah it's fantastic like that kind of stuff and and there's a bunch of little things that some of the commons and uncommons as i always stress like they're oh, the geez. some of the best ones yeah. to check out though oh know, wow i just like, actually checked the numbers and including the commander decks for this set there's 18 new mono green humans for my mono green yeah green yeah deck. i mean bunch some of, of them are not too. great but like you know, like some of the generic, some of the like the vanilla werewolves and stuff aren't, yeah, um, yeah, you know, the best, but like there's a lot of them that are good. So, yeah, I'm yeah. actually gonna have to make choices for the deck, which is nice. <laughs> exactly the one I was looking at, and, and mainly because I got the cool showcase art for it, but it just it speaks to me. I was like, what do we do with this? Uh, the mono green legend, uh, is it Sarith? The, the Viper's Fang. Yeah, does some fun- cool. funky stuff with like death touch and hexproof and untapping, which should be, uh, kind of yeah. cool, which be nice as well but um yeah no some of those uncommons as well there's um outland liberator kind of feels a bit like a rico sage uh it's a two two for two and you can yeah. go one sack it to destroy artifact or enchantment it's pretty nice yeah. but uh they're like eccentric yeah. farmer as you know for, like, <laughs> i love that one decks. <laughs> i just love how weird the art is it's like oh, yeah it's cool <laughs> the flavor is so <laughs> the flavor is so bizarre but it's great <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like oh, you just got this wacky exotic uh, farm of centipedes. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm down with that. Makes sense <laughs> for Innistrad, sure. <laughs> it's the one. Remember, um, uh, shadows. Uh, was it shadows? Yeah, when it's like this precursor to uh, Eldritch Moon, and yet we had no idea. Or I mean, allegedly had no idea Emerald Core was coming, and everyone in the art was just like, oh, everything's pretty normal. Why are tentacles coming out of my hands? Oh, it's pretty normal. Like, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's under a spell. So, um, yeah uh chesh was there anything speaking to you yet or are you going to let it kind of marinate for the next couple of weeks and uh and see even what the, I mean, the pre-cons have again i feel like i have to bring this every i think i have to bring this up every fucking set <laughs> <sighs> we don't have commander decks yet uh we've got the lists i don't, I don't know i can't keep up with the releases we don't have the product because we're in australia well, the air. No, exactly. I, I will and say a couple of the cards shortages. did show up in my set boosters, which I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. 
So I um, like the curse of obsession and yeah, yeah. all the all the new cards can like, get to show up in your set. Um, yeah, they can show up in the set boosters, and there's uh, some exclusive ones that are branded from the commander set that actually aren't in the decks that can show up there as well. That's what I was wondering, because I saw on the list there's a blue-black deck and a green-white deck, yeah. and then there's that Curse of Obsession, which is red. I'm like, what deck yeah. does that come from? <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can't keep up, seriously. But yeah, no, I feel yeah. you there, Chesh. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, trying to build decks with, like, as Charlotte was saying, like, that black-red vampire is probably the best the best one out of all of the legendary creatures to be looking at really. Um, And I'm just, I'm just disappointed that again, we've had another fucking set where wizards have been like werewolf commander. And we've been like, great. And then it comes out and we're like werewolf commander. (laughs) I will say though, like it's, I think people are going to rock this one a lot more than the other one. uh, Tovalar is cool. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I played um shout out to Neo Royal, um our our, our lovely French Canadian friend. Um played him last uh during the last week and he'd just I don't know, proxied it because it hadn't been out yet, but um played it played against him with that and I was like that was that was some powerful stuff as far as I mean a casual setting, but a lot of fun with, with just pumping out a lot of werewolves mm-hmm. and doing the day night thing was kind of funky. I guess the whole the reason I might not te- next, uh, necessarily touch it is just how tricky it is to flip cards the whole time <laughs> i don't know yeah. the dexterity aspect to it you got to figure out a cool way to do that but flip, um, flop, yeah. flip, flop, yeah. exactly it's like do you do the checklist cards write the thing i don't know it's and, and again it's it's something i think about a lot more these days you know people talk about oh do do you have a non-token deck as far as like this makes no tokens or this makes all the tokens and and that kind of thing like depending on what game you feel like say it's like the last game of the night you can't be you can't be asked pulling out all the tokens or yeah, it's just too much to think about, you know. It's that kind of space, I think. I was like, oh, that a lot of that flipping over just seems like a lot of dexterity busy work, but you know, uh, yeah. it's a werewolf commander. You gotta do what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh so yeah. I just looked it up. There's eight additional cards uh Ooh. from the commander sets that aren't in the decks. So there's the uh there's a, a, vis- a cycle called Visions of Whatever. Yeah. That all have flashback eight and then two of whatever color they are, but that's reduced by the greatest mana value of one of your commanders, either in player. I do in dig that. Zone. Yeah, I really um, dig that. Um, uh, is is almost like an incentive to run. You know, a lot of people are like, why would you run that commander? Because the CMC is way too high, and that's like, nah, yeah. that's that's a great kind of reason to. I think it's really cool. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's those five. Then there's the red curse. Uh, Avacyn's yep. Memorial, which is kind of oh yeah, of course, kind of shit if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's no, a lot right. easier to like, exile like an artifact than it is to art- exile a creature. Usually, yeah. right? That yeah, that that's right. Um, uh, and then there's that. Lind, who is the uh, cursed commander. Ah, that makes sense because I was like, does that Lind just head up a a new precon we're not seeing yet? And I was half no. expecting it to be part of Crimson Vows. No, 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 no. Uh, she's yeah. she's out now. She's just one of the extra cards. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? They're, they're almost like secretly uh, secret secret rare. Is that a Pokemon thing, Chesh? Um, it's like they're, yeah. they're not part yes. of the set, but they exist, kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's they the shouldn't be that there. expensive though. Um, no, no, shouldn't be that expensive just because of uh, like. 
collector boosters and everything too, and set and yeah, and they also come in set boosters. So there's going to be a lot of them floating around out there. Yeah, but true, yeah, true. it's good stuff. I really dig. It's good stuff. The, I really, I really dig the new cards in the uh, commander decks this time, and mm. and in the main set. But like the commander deck new cards are sweet too, and I love the callback to the Gitrog monster in the Art of Visions of Dominance. It's so good. Oh, I didn't see that. Anything yeah. that talks about Kermit the Gitfrog, um, we're, we're into that. <laughs> Visions of Dominance, is that the one? I didn't check out each of these, but I think, as I said, I really dig the flashback part. And, and yeah. Oh, wow, it is too. Little Toad, massive Toad with arm out, like complete with arm out <laughs> from the original art. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. I did I, not say I, that. I like, like, I like the whole cycle. It's cool. They're not cards you necessarily yeah, yeah. want to run in every deck, but like they're cards you definitely are going to play. Right? Yeah, like. Exactly. I think, yeah, that Visions of Dread one. Um oh, so as far as I can see, they're all reflections, which is super, super cool. Yeah. Um very like Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, the uh yeah. the swamp bit, you know, basically that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, Visions of Dread was one I did pick up in in one of the set bo- uh boosters. And yeah. it's something I, I like to play, and I don't actually mind that effect where I know someone the opponent chooses the creature coming out of the graveyard. It is for yeah, a cheap but, cost, that kind of thing. It's kind of still you, you get a you get a body you, for it. Like. But you choose the opponent, and you know if they don't have yeah. a lot of creatures in their yard, right? Like, yeah, you know, or if totally. they only have one good creature, you know, obviously you want to play that in a deck with graveyard control, right? Like, exactly, exactly. And, I'm probably gonna just that's, slot that's that. I'm probably just gonna slot that into my mono black, just because I have a seven cost commander, so it's like three mana yeah. both ways. So. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. That uh, yeah, that reminded me. There's another one that I don't think anyone was really hot on, but I, I kind of same same deal. I loved because it was that. It's the it was from Icora Commander, and it chooses one from each. It, basically, it's that effect, but each um, uh, each opponent does it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, was it Dredge the Mire or something? Dredge the Mire, yeah. It's super cheap uh, as far as like mana cost for it's what it gets you three mana, bodies yeah. out of the yard. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. I think it's actually super super cool. And yeah. again, it has just art. gets better the more you can control. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, but I think bottom line is uh, I've always believed in cards that have a conversation stapled to them. Essentially, is mm-hmm. exactly what that is. You know, you're not playing your solitaire. You have to talk to someone about their graveyard. Uh, yeah. And have have to have a bit of fun there, and then there's that opportunity, like a fact or fiction, you know, for someone to go, hey, I know I want to make a friend, so I'll, I'll give you this if you do this, and that's yeah. that's just the okay. I'll to give you this, Amanda. you know. Oh, hey, I'll give you this, you know, or you can like be like, hey, how about you give me that, you know, manic vandal, so I can blow up that, you know, etherflux reservoir or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean that that's a good little segue uh, in that you know kind of uh, covering off a, a bunch of stuff from uh, from Midnight Hunt, but uh, more importantly, that's that's where I want to kind of uh, drive into as far as looking at your individual kind of uh, you know kind of philosophies on on Commander and your relationship with it, uh, Charlotte, over the years. Uh, in that you've done a lot of, of course, uh, we know you've you've done a lot in the judging sphere, and then uh, kind of becoming a, a quite the name in, in commander that kind of thing so um but yeah I, I don't know how how is your relationship with command going at the moment and how do you see the format and and you know uh are you kind of happy for it moving forward or is still like a bit of work to be done um i mean i'm again i, I feel like we're in a very strange space for commander because you know the pandemic's mm-hmm. been going on for a while a lot of people 
either just haven't played Commander since this all began. Uh, oh, other totally, places, totally. you know, stores are opening up again and, you know, things are basically back to normal or getting there. Um, so it's really, it's, it's interesting because the community is in all sorts of different ways everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting once we actually get to basically the end of the pandemic and, you know, there is as much in-person play as there used to be because, you know, people who are playing online on webcam are generally going to be the much more invested players. So I'm wondering how much of like a gap there is as you know people sort of you know who haven't been playing sort of scramble to get the cards for their decks if they you know just sort of put magic on the shelf during the pandemic or what what have you so it's going to be interesting to see but i mean in general i like where the format is um i think obviously there's still things that can be improved but beyond that yeah you know i mean i'm happy with where things are people seem generally happy with the format um you know the you yeah. know the uh the bandless changes have gone over pretty decently as far as things go so yeah i'm i'm good with that for the most part nice nice i was gonna say the command you're playing to is it does it more or less like align with uh what we're talking about with the the, the cag scene you know that a lot of choices are made for looking at that kind of lower end you know casual and then also being that welcoming kind of you know entry-level commander stuff that's that's kind of what a lot of decisions mm-hmm. are made for um would you say like the the thing you you know the commander experience you're most after is that kind of that almost casual to, to mid-level you know uh, uh I, I play i play commander at all sorts of levels i have some weaker yeah. decks i have a lot of decks in sort of that you know sort of six to eight range um mm-hmm. i have a cedh deck you know i mean i have 17 decks at the moment so nice nice yeah, um, so I mean, I, I run I run the gamut from like a meme deck all the way up to a CDH deck. So, <laughs> love it. And what is the memeiest of meme? Uh, how how meme do we go? <laughs> like, uh, my like? meme deck is a goblin deck where every card other than basic mountain has to have the word goblin in the card name or some <laughs> sort of planar variant of goblin. I think you've played this on Lexicon, haven't you? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's so I can have things that say like. Uh, like Aki or Bogart or whatever, but I can't say play Cranko Mob Boss because he doesn't have Goblin in his name or whatever, right? <laughs> What's that Ben Ben Aki Hermit or whatever? <laughs> yeah, awesome Ben Ben. <laughs> I don't play him, but yeah, uh, that's one. And it's like, well, that I've seen that deck actually play, and I would have said, oh, that's probably one of your mid range decks, but that's probably more a reflection on you as a player because uh, yeah. I think you, you held some. I mean, it definitely later, was but... my weakest deck, and then Muxus came out, and like he has Goblin in his name, and. <laughs> So he's like the perfect commander for it. Oh, it just absolutely vomits value of goblins. Oh yeah, it's a, like it's a perfect time. thing. But like the thing is, it can't really recover. I mean, you know, Moxus is basically there as recovery if I get board wiped. But you know, it's yeah. fun. It's silly. It does one thing. You know, I was super happy with uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms for that mm-hmm. deck because I actually got you know. There were just so yeah, many that cards that said goblin or hobgoblin or bugbear or whatever in them. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that land was pretty amazing. That's oh, yeah, that's great. Like, I got a second non-basic land for the deck, which is good. Um, I got an equipment. I got a bunch of goblins, you know. Um, there was like... There was that lore. I got, yeah, you know, sp- I got a combat trick, you know, it's like... <laughs> I got another lord, you know, it's 
It's good times. Good times indeed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as far as uh, another main point I was going to just touch on, um, your story in particular, and again, I say go down any tangent you feel like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, historically you, uh, you've been a level three judge, which as I hear is, yeah. is kind of – Kind of the, uh, the 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 pinnacle as far as how much uh, investment you're going to uh, kind of go down the yeah. excellence of being a, being a judge and you know kind of not for the faint-hearted of course but um, with that I imagine a huge kind of uh, you know a personal respect for I guess the sanctity of the game and like keeping things real but also I imagine a fascination mm-hmm. of the rules that kind of thing yeah. but then also like kind of getting to you know being on the CAG and and there's a good good reason there for someone so uh you know rules minded to be there but also with the understanding that you know people often say like commander was a, a format largely driven by judges because they're looking for something casual to do <laughs> you know yeah um that that almost that weird dichotomy you can understand the uh the the uh the the most intense uh structural kind of questions and technical questions but it's it's like we're playing something quite casual at the end of the day, which I will say, yeah. I mean, a lot of people use that to say, oh, let's get our friend into Commander as the first magic experience. Probably not mm-hmm. the best idea because it, it is a complex format. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that being said, but yeah, so I don't know. Do you, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your uh, your road to the CAG and, and like how, how that all happened and then what that has meant and kind of has it made you play more Commander or like uh, or kind of – feel a bit more responsibility to go yeah this yeah. is this is my kind of um, belonging yeah okay so my magic story in general i started playing magic back in 94 when i was oh, in nice. uh, middle school um i started playing just before fallen empires came out but when the dark was already getting hard to find um i played for a few years then because of family stuff i ended up taking a pretty long break between tempest and time spiral yeah uh you know bought a starter deck of time spiral at you know a local smoke shop convenience store thing um got pulled back in because of nostalgia didn't really have anyone to play with. Started collecting. Found a local game store. Slowly got back into Magic in general. Um, got you know, got pretty heavy into the rules and everything. Um, ended up becoming a judge in two thousand nine. Uh, became a level three judge in twenty fifteen. Um, along the way, I met Sheldon and the other members of the rules committee. Started playing Commander. Um, yeah, and then the CAG was founded a couple of years ago. Um, and when I was invited to the CAG, obviously, I felt very honored and very happy to join. Um, I probably wouldn't be nearly as invested in Commander as I am now if I wasn't on the if I hadn't been invited to the mm-hmm. CAG at that point. I think at that point I had about six decks and a couple of them were basically defunct. I hadn't really touched them or updated them in a while. I wasn't really happy with them, but then obviously being on the keg and, you know, it, you know, starting to be sort of my thing, I sort of got more into building more decks and, you know, brewing more. And part of that's also due to my partner who uh, has, like literally the full set of 32 decks of, you know, each color identity plus extras. Oh, I love um, it. Love it. She, I don't know she, what we call that yet. You know, it's like the, the, the color thing. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't I was know. almost the gonna full, say the Mount full Rushmore, spread, like, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, she, uh, yeah, I mean, she brews at a much, at a lower power level than I do, and you know, with more mm. budget in mind, you know, she doesn't like to spend too much on any one card. But um, you know, she definitely encouraged me to you know brew more and stuff, which is good. And right now, she's kind of taking a break from magic just because she again hasn't had people to play with and mm-hmm. isn't really interested in like webcam play and stuff so i'm hoping she'll get the the itch again once you know game stores here open up again mm-hmm. um but yeah so i mean for me uh being on the CAG is obviously a big responsibility it means that i need to sort of open myself up more to the community which i have and i've met lots of awesome people like mm. Chesh and other people. Chesh um, is an awesome guy. <laughs> I'm just average. Good enough. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, you're medium to medium to okay. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm above the average. That is just slightly overdone. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you above average, Chesh. Yeah, five point five. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> huggable. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I haven't met him in the flesh. Um, Sam, could you just call me fat? <laughs> no, it's just. <laughs> Um, but yeah so i mean i don't know being on the cag has also actually changed my opinion on quite a lot of things when it comes to the format um sort of opened my mind a bit on my philosophy sort of helped me sort of get deeper into you know what commander means um i'm proud of a lot of the work the cag has done to, sort of, to influence the rules committee on a bunch of things, but obviously there's still a lot more work to do, and I do think that the rules committee needs some new blood on it. Like mm-hmm. all the people on the RC are great, but they've all there also hasn't been a change in membership since you know forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically since about I start <laughs> when I started judging. I don't think there's been a change on the rules committee since you know before they started printing dedicated commander product. So, mm. yeah, I mean, there you go, again, Sheldon, dial me in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing. Again, they're they're good. They're you know, the keg is a good th- step, but you know, there's definitely work to be done, and I do think that you know, deeper changes need to be made in order mm. to sort of help get the format you know to where it needs to be for the next you know bunch of years. Um, but on the whole, I'm happy with how things are going and yeah just that's that's uh, it in I, a nutshell any questions oh i was gonna say i think that's 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 a good point about far, like uh a lot of people with with you know huge loud commentary whatever is usually expecting like a massive change overnight on on things like why don't you just do this you cowards all that stuff and it's like just it's not unban everything and see how it yeah exactly <laughs> make a new make a new format but it's it's the whole thing that like things take time things are a you know a granular yeah. approach well, and, and well, that kind of to thing. play black lotus so i should just be able to put black lotus in my deck <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i think that was the other point i was gonna you know kind of touch on a little bit too of course uh you know there's there's been certain times of the rc and even the cag by proximity cop a lot of crap which is like it's it's you know uh, and again I, I feel like these are just you know vocal kind of minority just loud voices um and and that i imagine sometimes can just you know sour existences of course and you kind of got to be uh you know yeah. quite um you know 
just disciplined in it and just to go, no, we're actually going to be, you know, we're going to be kind of even headed and not going to uh, get too offended if, you know, there's a lot of people kind of um, doing a lot of that. Like you said, I was probably like Shivam cops a lot, which is, you know, great yeah. shit to see a lot of the time. And, you know, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's part of anything we say it's, you know, people are passionate about something. If therefore they're going to have a really massive opinion, but uh, you yeah, know, that doesn't uh, mean you have any right but, to, be utterly rude and disrespectful to people right? absolutely like, like yeah and that's the bit that there's i think all of us have had to take weeks off uh you know not that i do anything significant but it's like even just like looking at magic because of you're just like wow there's these people there that that can do that kind of thing but um you know um i don't know it's, thankfully i don't think i've seen that too much uh lately <laughs> which has been yeah. okay but um again i think it's 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 interesting that a lot of our views anyway for the most part are you know we see so much online um mm-hmm. but trying to think about you made that great point about what does commander mean and you know i keep trying to zoom out and go what does it mean for the person just picking it up or like what does it mean for these mm-hmm. people that aren't entrenched in content and making those decision and it kind of I don't know, humbles yeah. you a bit. You're just like, oh, it's, you think of those first few commander memories. You just go, well, remember when I, I didn't know what Omnath did. And then I was like, I just had, got handed a deck and I was like, there's a fireball. And I was like, that was the coolest thing ever, you know? Like, yeah. Let's go back to the fun in a way because it's a yeah, game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, go uh, back to those yeah. cards that sort of oohed and awed you back in the day. Like, you know, like to me, you know, the sort of, I still get, you know, I still sort of have really fond memories of, you know, just jamming unsleeved revised decks with, you know, my brother <laughs> yeah. back when I was young, you know, like nothing was quite better than going like, you know, turn one swamp dark ritual hypnotic specter. Right? Oh, like, yes. Yes. I can see the art and it's just, yeah, it's, it's all, all the white borders and like, uh, yeah, but yeah, it was all good anyway, but <laughs> like, you know. But, magic's supposed to be fun if you're not having fun what are you playing for right like <laughs> exactly yeah. at least I mean, I especially with commander commander's not meant to be a format that you know is ever played for any stakes or anything right yeah, like yeah yeah that's right um who was it someone on um lrr I, I remember saying it. i think it was, it was more about pre-release but it was like i think it's been said for commander too but the stakes could never be lower. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you know, there's there's so much goes on about like you know people kind of, uh, yeah. you know, getting shitty at each other with rule zero things and and mis mispowered things. Which yeah, that becomes a person thing. It's and it's, if deception ever happens there, that's whatever. That's a different conversation. But mm-hmm. if we can all kind of zoom out for a little bit and go, can we all meet in the middle to go have a bit of fun and yeah. remember what that means to us for sure? So, um. Yeah, uh, that's that actually yeah, a little side question there. I have to have to ask too. I mean, being a judge, you've kind of done a bit of traveling, which um, yep. sounds. I know this is the everyone be like, oh, that sounds the most amazing thing ever. ever. Yes, it's a job though. I remember I've heard you say, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's can work, be exhausting, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, totally, yeah, I've right. been to a lot of countries and seen <laughs> a lot of hotels, convention centers, and restaurants. Like, yeah, that's which that, is, that's what it boils down and airports and like that's basically what it boils down to a lot of time because you can't always afford you know the extra mm. day or half day to like you know go around and see the city and like places are beautiful and stuff but like you know after you've you know worked three days judging a gp or whatever like you know you probably <laughs> yeah. don't have a lot of energy left to you know walk around a historic center for like you know four hours or whatever like it's yeah exactly you know, I mean, uh-huh. like, like the most fun social things I've done after GPs and stuff has has been, 
you know, more like interesting things like doing like escape rooms with other judges and stuff. That's been a lot of totally, fun. I've done totally. that a few times. That's well, that cool. was kind of what I was that was kind of what I was almost going to ask too. It's like, it's, do you have uh, some of the, some of your favorite magic memories of, of kind of, uh, you know, traveling to places or whatever, but it's, you know, even if they're not magic related, even if they're just like, yeah. hang out with um, people kind of thing. Well, I mean, I've been lucky enough to judge a couple of pro tours, both of which were in Honolulu. Nice. So like getting oh, to visit Hawaii was amazing. And like nothing I've ever had. I will tell you though, it is, a real chore to get there from Finland. <laughs> it's literally on the other side I of the world. I can imagine. Yeah, like, yeah. When I went there for uh, it was uh, it was Pro Tour Kaladesh. Um, and yeah, I was living in Finland at that point. I'm originally from Canada, from the Toronto area. For anyone who doesn't know, um, yeah. and when I went there, it was I think with layovers and everything, it was like 24 hours of travel. Dang. I feel like we've got a similar thing if we ever want to go anywhere too. And it's like, uh, if we need to get to Europe, I've done it twice and it's, yeah, it's, you, you, you're dealing with 18 to 24 hours. Yeah. And, uh, I remember it was my wife's like first time on a plane. She's like, that's, uh, that's where, where I'm going to sit for 20, like for 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of just how it goes, I guess. And it's like, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> the longest, like, I mean, that included the longest, indiv- the longest single lake flight I've ever been on, which was, uh i believe it was london to la yeah yeah which was like 11 and a half hours or something (laughs) far out yeah it's it's and and time just kind of loses meaning in that that point i find it's just like yeah like i mean i enjoy travel a lot of my early judging stuff i took like longer bus trips which is i know more of a north american thing yeah. And I guess it's sort of like a continental European thing as well, but like... Yeah, yeah. Um, But like, you know, so I mean, I've done, you know, I've done like 12-hour bus trips and stuff, but it's different on a bus. The seats are bigger and more comfy. They're, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different vibe. Um, You're not like in a tin can too. in the air with, the re- in, with recycled air and everything, right? Yep. Like... Yeah, in a space that they've they've fit uh, well, the the yeah. absolute so mathematically maybe. maximum uh, amount of seats per yeah. you know. But like, you know, traveling have. is fun and judging is fun and seeing the world is really cool, but at the same time, you know, being a judge is a lot of work for which you don't yes. necessarily get compensated very well. Yeah, yeah. No. And, you know, it's long hard days of walking around on concrete floors. And, you know, eating bad food and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dealing uh, with, which... you know, anything from people just leaving piles of trash to, you know, literal fires and stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I've never been around any of those ones. But, yeah, I've been around things where, like... People burn their draft, uh, their draft pools. No, no. Like, there was one uh, GP. I wasn't at it, but there was a GP Prague a few years ago. Where one of the food carts had its uh, propane tank explode, oh, or no. something, and like literally a side of the of the room with the GP caught on fire, <laughs> and that was like, okay then, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, it was handled well. It was very contained, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, far out. Exactly. Um, but like, I mean, I've oh. had to deal with, uh, 
you know, a bunch of people in, like, side events sitting near a vent that's, like, spewing, that's, like, misting in rainwater because it was raining really hard outside, and Mm. it's like, how do we deal with that? And, you know, there's always fun logistical challenges, but at the same (laughs) time, you know... The 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 events where the event itself isn't particularly memorable are the better ones. Yeah, right. yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say too. It's um the, just a a ton of people management, you know. And and oh, like, yeah. I, I guess to your point that it's not the it's not the career anyone goes down as far as you know or you you know probably don't do it if you want to get uh, absolutely paid or, or like yeah exactly and all the kudos or whatever. You can't, there's got to be something fundamental there as far as your reason to do it uh that kind oh of yeah thing. absolutely um, like i say almost the sanctity of it but uh yeah, yeah I, I mean uh you know hats off to 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 be able to sit there and, and be civil all day uh and and deal with you know i've i've witnessed kind of challenging people uh kind of you know it, it can there's a lot on the line sometimes and, and people can get you know into interesting states and yet you got to keep quite civil like i say um but oh, yeah, yeah have you have you had any of those that kind of have ever rubbed you the wrong way Oh yeah, definitely. There's there's been situations where just things haven't worked out or just there's been exasperating calls. Like I had um a call at one GP, I forget where it was. It was somewhere in Europe. Um I don't know. It might have been I, I I don't know, somewhere it was I think like somewhere either in the Netherlands or in Poland. Um and there I, there was a call. I forget what the exact situation was. I think someone was playing, like, a counters deck. And there was a disagreement on what was cast this turn versus what was cast on a previous turn or something or the order in which things resolved. Or I think it involved, like, a Verterous Gear Hulk and how the counters were divided. I don't remember. Some It has something to do with that. I'm pretty sure someone was playing, like, the Verterous Gear Hulk uh, snake deck. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And there was just, there was, like, there was, first of all, there was a language barrier, because I think one player was German mm. and the other one was French. The French player didn't speak any English at all. Um, The German player spoke English, but, you know, whatever. Um, so like I speak a bit of French, but not really enough to, you know, handle complex things. So I like, tried mm-hmm. to sort it out. Then it's like, hang on, I'm going to go get a French speaking judge. I got the nearest French speaking judge I could find. They couldn't figure it out. Who was another, this was another level three. They ended up getting uh, one of the GP head judges, not the head judge of that GP. I think they were like an appeals judge on it. And literally like it, after like 15 minutes of the three of us trying to talk this out, we all sort of huddled and like the, like the appeals judge was like, I have no idea what's happened here. They're <laughs> telling completely different stories. There's like nothing in common. And it's like, I don't know. And so they ended up giving a ruling and then the the French player ended up like scooping up their cards and walking off and saying they wanted to drop. And then five minutes later they came back and didn't want to drop. Oh, wow! Like, Far up. <laughs> yeah, that that was probably like the most like what the hell, right? Yeah. Uh, on on a more fun kind of fun, like more sort of puzzle sort of fun note. Uh, I was mm-hmm. at judging a, um, I think it was just a PTQ at this point. Um, 
And this was during original in, uh, Zendikar, right? So this was like 2010, I guess it was. I don't remember exactly when that was. Anyway, mm. um, we had a disagreement about, of all things, I got called over to a table and it's like the players aren't in... They have like battlefields, but like, you know, it's clear that like they've finished a game. It's like, yeah, Judge, we don't agree on which game we just finished. One player said they just finished game two (laughs) and the other player said they just finished game three. I've definitely been that at like the most casual in the store, you know, just Wednesday night draft. But yeah, it's like I... I'm so fried after a day of work. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like, was that yeah. three or was that And one? so it's yeah. like, okay, let me figure out. So one player was using dice to track life totals, so that doesn't help. Yep. <laughs> one player was using pen and paper, but they were just using a single column for each player with no divisions for when games started, no 20s, <laughs> no line breaks, <laughs> like... So it was just this long column of numbers with no 20s. And it was like, I had to like sort it out. Eventually I ended up figuring it out after like. You just have to beautiful mind it. <laughs> yeah. Well, after 10 minutes, I ended up having to figure it out by like literally looking at their decks, finding times where life totals went up wow. and having to figure out you know how much life each deck could could gain and like you know this was original zendikar so there were the refuges right that you know etv gain a life the original etv yeah, gain yeah. life lands um so i just like check each deck and sort that out i think one person had like one or two creatures lifelink and it's like oh. eventually i sorted out that no you did finish game three luckily which ended the match otherwise it would have been a really long time extension and <laughs> Yeah, that's one of my more fun judging stories, at least yeah, in terms of, like, solving an interesting puzzle. It's like, it's like, I can't remember which video game it is, but which one you, like, rewind a crime scene and, like, you see it all, like, reverse out. And it's like, oh, that's literally you have to go in the tank and, and unwind the whole game. Uh, uh, which, Return of yeah. the Obra Dinn. Oh, yeah. Does that do it? Um, that's been on my list for ages, just yeah. with that art style and everything. Yeah, it's, that uh, definitely amazing. recommend that game. It's real good. Oh, and- hot, amazing. Yeah, no. So anyway, and then um, yeah, I, I know Dark Souls does a little bit. There's another one. Um, maybe a little bit. Of, I think Disco Elysium has a couple of little things that do that. Yeah, that a bit. Really, really a cool. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more That's just flashes cool. of images and stuff. Yeah. No, it's um. Oh, glad glad uh, glad you've you've witnessed those games and uh, uh, yeah, excellent taste, excellent taste. Um, nice one. Uh, yeah. Well, without further ado, I think that's uh, that's that's a good opportunity to get into. You know, we've got our magic out of the way, and you know, we'll continue to talk about magic, but uh, more about who is the person, Charlotte, and uh, you know, some great stories. And again, take these wherever you want to go, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, have have some fun. And you've probably had a glimpse of them, but uh, yeah, uh, we we always love throwing this first one at our um our guests. You got that one there chish i do it is the most horrific profile question on the face of the earth melt you every time your stance on pineapple on pizza yes on the right pizza if done well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um basically like you need to do it you need you need a certain amount of salty toppings to balance the pineapple right so you need your ham or your bacon um, or like a salty cheese, like a blue cheese or something. You need like a strong sort hey. of sa- savory flavor no said, to balance. No one said blue the cheese. This is a, that's a hot take. That is a hot take. Mm. Um, you also a lot, 
Also, if the pineapple isn't fresh, it needs to be yeah. well-drained because a lot of the times people don't like pineapple on pizza. It's because people use, like, wet tinned pineapple that yeah. isn't drained and just gets a lot of gross water on the pizza and yeah. adds it adds extra sweetness that you don't need. Um, fresh pineapple or grilled pineapple obviously is best, but, you know, not too many people... Not too many places use that. And obviously, like, you have to have the right balance on the pizza. Like, mm. I'm not a fan of, like, traditional just ham pineapple. I find ham is just – I'm not a fan of ham on pizza in general. Like, not just mm. – like, just normal, like, you know, pink ham. Like, if I'm going to have ham on a pizza, I need, like, a nice cured dry ham. Yeah. Like, like a Serrano or something like that. I was going to say, a Serrano is amazing. Yeah, you get it quite yeah. dried and everything. and yeah, Like a Serrano sure. gonna, or, uh, uh, or a Parma or something like that, right? Like, And then you're in the realm of that's where some of those blue cheeses can go. Ooh, magnificent. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask then, you've been to Honolulu. Yeah. The, 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 the Hawaiian pizza, um, does, does that actually exist in Hawaii or is that kind of like a lot of things just created? Hawaiian pizza there? was actually invented in Canada. Oh, hot take. Where, no, it was. Where in, where in the Great North? Uh, somewhere was... in the Toronto area, roughly. I don't remember exactly. Nice. And, and, and you're from the Toronto uh, area yeah. too? Yeah. That's, yeah. I was going to say. But I, I will tell you about day. pineapple. Going, having fresh, like literally like tree fresh pineapple in Dang. Hawaii, like ruins pine- other pineapple for you because it's just never going to yeah. be as yeah. good again. Yeah, it's like it's like mozzarella from Florence, like from like buffalo mozzarella from the hills or something. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah, it's just yeah. you can't you can't top that. That's it's the best. Um, no, I love it. Uh, ah, yeah, because I, I, I looked up I looked up Hawaiian pizza. I can give you the quick thing. Um, because I know spam's work? definitely a thing too. Like spam, yeah. it's like they, they cook that a lot and do a lot of really cool things, and yeah. that's maybe where the shredded ham part of it. And, yeah. yeah. So pineapple pizza was invented by Sam Panopoulos. A Greek-born Canadian uh, at the Satellite Restaurant in Chatham, Ontario, in 1962. So that's the basics. Yeah, I was going to say the name sounds like it's just a kind of mash of the word spam, and I'm like, I'm going to do some digging. Is this the person that made spam? No, uh, it's not. But not, but not. I was going to say too too much of a conspiracy there. That would be yeah, vested interest. <laughs> anyway, yeah. exactly. Good pizza chat, nice. I we yeah. it's the funniest thing that like it seems like a really simple thing, but I I mean, hey, we're all nerds, like we all love yeah. to look at the minutiaire of things and the opinions are a fun good. One to ask, oh totally, and then, I love how much detail people go into about like you really think about what, especially food. We all love food, but like what kind of characteristics make the best thing, you know, in our opinions, mm-hmm. um, humbly, but no, appreciate it. Uh, next one we had, uh, it is a magic question, but uh, what is your pet card uh, that you love? doesn't have to be a commander card, just anything, but your, your pet card you love and doesn't have to be the best, which is generally what a pet uh, card is. I don't know. I mean, I have a couple of different answers. I have a card that more people need to know about. I have like yeah. a card I collect. I have, you know, a bunch of stuff, right? Like All, all the above, please. Okay, so <laughs> card I collect obviously is Bronze Sable. Because, you know, yes, my last nice, name is Sable. Nice. Sable's a creature type. It's so far still the only Sable. Yeah. It's also just cute oh, yeah, as I did, heck. I did think of that, actually, when um, I saw your name. I was like, yeah, that's right. Because I, I, I've got a foil one and it just looks majestic. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a whole boxes of foils. Uh, I collect foil <laughs> ones of note. I don't really collect the non-foil ones. One thing I actually do need to do, though, is I need to uh, 
collect the foils in all the languages. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I have some of them. I just don't have all of them. I need to actually finish that up. Um, the salt, the deck card I put in the most of my decks is probably Myriad Landscape. Yeah, no, I feel yeah for sure, for sure. Like, like even in even work. in like you know three color decks, it's fine. Oh yeah, monocolored decks, it's great. Two colored decks, it's great. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just good value and like you know, especially if you're not running that many I don't tend to play that many other tapped lands, so like Yeah. I can afford one. And like, you know, like it's also really good when you get to live the dream of like turn one, you're at landscape, turn two, land soul ring, crack landscape, like <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> you just, right? just set up. Absolutely set up. Yeah, no, totally exactly. agree. Exactly. And there's anyway. a couple of arts now too, isn't there? There's, oh uh, yeah, there's I'll, a I'll, lot. Like I'll, I really liked the uh yeah. I think it has two arts now. I really liked like the volcano, the volcano art that they yeah. premiered, was it in uh twenty one? It was in the Zendikar Rising Commander decks was the first print, Oh yeah. First printing Chesh's of it. Favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, so favorite. I put that one in like all my any of my uh decks that have red in them. I don't you know, I, I want to match it. I put the other one in decks that don't have red. Yeah. No, I, I feel that too. It's like, yeah, the, the, this one feels volcano It's got like a little bit of Valakut energy, which is... Yeah, exactly. Nice. A bit of As for the card one. I think most more people need to know about, that would be Song of Blood. Which is... Yes, one- hold on. I know this. Song yeah, of- it's a one and a red sorcery from Visions. Hmm. Going way back to 1996. No, uh, I don't it- know this one. So it says, mill four cards. Whenever a creature attacks this turn, it gets plus one plus out until end of turn for each creature card put into your graveyard this way. Wow. Yeah, it's just Hmm. a sweet little card, like good for red graveyard decks, you know, that want to fill their yard. And then, you know, you get a buff on your attackers this turn. You know, it's just sweet. Even just, you know, as as a red self-mill card, it's not the worst thing, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny. We've got a black cat, and it's like to see a human, you know, uh, human, what do you call yeah. it? Humanized kind of black cat is kind of hilarious too. As yeah, um, yeah. yeah well, Paraj also uh, has, uh, I think, her own cards. So. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, it is Paraj. Uh, Paraj yeah. of Urpul. Wow, yeah. never, never have seen that legendary creature, and I pride myself in knowing most of them. But yeah. um, that's wow. First strike while when attacking. That's that's perfect. Yeah, uh, and then whenever player casts a black spell, you can pay. A black if you do put on an encounter on it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy just, art too. Oh, very yeah, cool. Just fair. just a five mana uh, black creature. Um, yeah, that's not that's particularly fantastic. good, but interesting if you're playing a black cat deck. Like that's right. I was looking at uh, Miri, uh, the the cursed one. Yeah, Miri the cursed time spiral great. remaster. So cool, yeah. and I got to oh, play yeah, that. She got yeah, new like, art in that. And playing that in um, in limited for Time Spiral Remastered was, yeah. was like, oh, that's a that's a beating. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's actually an interesting one. Like, I like both arts of Miri the Cursed. I'm not sure which I like mm-hmm. better. the uh, The original just has like this cool, like sort of comic book energy to it. Oh, right? definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, who but the, yeah, but the, the new Kevin one Walker is cool one. and so shows shadows. the flying better and stuff, but. Yeah, and um, purple being assigned with black in a weird way sometimes, yeah. and and definitely that. Uh, that was the point I was going to make before, and I know Chris Von Doom made that last week uh, or when the last episode was, but um, it's kind of cool how purple has been accepted as like the 
the secondary presence of the color black in the pie. Yeah. And so if like there's a highlight or whatever, like well, yeah, it's just like white with yellow, right? Like to- totally, totally. I um, mean, there's a secondary reason for that as well, and that yeah. is that purple was one of the additional colors that wizards were looking at at one point i know i remember when that. they were thinking about actually yeah and everyone think everyone thinks it's a big meme and a big joke but it's actually 100 percent serious yeah wasn't yeah. it because wasn't there like a um a card back leaked or something or like or pro- uh, no, someone, probably, was, someone probably just made it and it was six that kind was, of there, there was an article about it was, in one of the magazines early on with some yeah. potential cards but i don't yeah. think it was ever official uh, I know Morrow's talked about they were actually thinking for planar chaos in making a Ooh. sixth color just in planar chaos. That's pretty whack. It's just like, and then you're just like, that could work. And you're like, how does that interact with the rest of magic, of course? Yeah, which is, exactly. You know, how how insane how the connections of designing anything for, you know. Uh, and you how, how many cards are up to now? 25,000 yeah. plus. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, I will say too, so the the showcase art of, say, Florian, as we were saying before, um, those black and white arts are super cool. Uh, the You just have that that highlight of the color. The purple blending to red, that may be yeah. my favorite new thing. That's it. Like, that's exceptional. Yeah. That's very, very cool. So. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Next one was, who would you most like to have dinner or a drink with? Uh, dead or alive, real or fictional? Oh, geez. That's a tough one. Um, I mean... One thing I'd really love to do is I'd love to, like, get all of the RC and CAG together in person just yeah. for, like, a weekend, like, retreat or something. That would be super cool. So that's going to be my main answer. As for, like, a more of a celebrity sort of thing, um, like, David Bowie was my favorite musical artist ever, and I would have loved yeah. to, like, just sort of sit down and chat with him for an hour sort of thing. Um, just, yeah. just pick David Bowie's mind. Any, any era David Bowie in particular, or just in general? Uh, I like all of them. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously, just for talking, I'd love to talk to him sort of more. You know, near the end of his life, you know, when he just has done everything, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like as for like enjoying the music, I mean, I, I got into him in like the '90s with the Earthling album. Yes. So like, <laughs> how much have we talked about '90s Bowie? I love it. I, I love it. I I I absolutely have Earthling on my pedestal as yeah. the best chameleon change of David Bowie in his entire musical career. It's so cool. simply because it was uh, it was kind of in the midst of the industrial revolution when it came to goth music. Yeah. Um, when Nine Inch Nails were getting big, but yeah. weren't like you know world renowned per se. Yeah. Um, and then he started doing that stuff with, you know, obviously with Trent, Trent and, and Nine Inch Nails and then yeah. him working on his own industrial stuff in, you know, that Bowie way of like yeah. re-engineering stuff and, and Battle for Britain and stuff like that is just like Enough. some of the best tracks he's ever done. Mm. And not yeah, trying to fit like, just like I can, just, like, I can like yeah. hear that whole album in my head just by like looking <laughs> oh, at the track yeah. listing. It's like, oh, absolutely. And and the funny part is that when you think about it, he was already on that path. Um, if you go back to Heart's Filthy Lesson, that was yeah. very experimental, but also mm-hmm. leaning heavily on industrial subtone. Yeah, and outside so, is kind of an interesting preamble to this. And exactly, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, um, I could wax lyrical on David Bowie for days. <laughs> yeah. Some of his like late 90s, early 2000s stuff wasn't the best, but it was interesting oh, still. No, like, that's the thing. Bowie is always at least interesting. Yes. If nothing yeah. else. I mean, and then I, like, again, though, as for like his best, I mean, you kind of have to go with like late 60s, early 70s when he was at sort of his his absolute sort of peak, right? Like, you yeah. know, with Ziggy Stardust and, you know all that stuff but like he's had he just had an amazing good career with quality stuff like at all points right yeah and and i was the biggest takeaway i always find and um i was like, <laughs> really lucky we had the david bowie exhibition years ago and i was like oh it might have been just a year about a year before he passed away uh and it was to see a lot of his costumes and inspirations and, yeah and you know that kind of thing and i learned a lot there that i still hinge on to as far as like if i'm ever stuck with things that he just found a way to be absolutely freaking inspired by anything, absolutely anything. And that was so infectious to just go. There's the one thing I saw and I just loved it where he made like a, a random generator of words and he would just keep spinning the wheel until like five words come together and he'd make meanings for each one and like gel them together. And it's like, that's just like the way that it just reminds you, it's like, you know, depression's hard, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And like, but having those little outs to go, hey, David Bowie found these ways to kind of, find the interesting in the mundane and yeah exactly. that's always beautiful yeah and just um, just as a person he was very interesting like he was definitely one of the first musical artists to sort of very heavily put himself onto the internet and yeah all yeah. Of that sort of thing like with bowie now put his, and all of that. Put his like, shares up oh yeah i don't Making know like, he, he's, he's such he's a fascinating person like, he had a really totally. amazing life yeah, definitely. And then, of um, course, like, it, just being able to cap it off with that Black Star album was just, like, yep. the, the the perfect coda, you know? like it was, it was the greatest exit, I think, ever done. Like, the fact that he produced his own, like, exit. Requiem, way, basically. It's it totally, and it's, I still remember that, that I bought, like, I was like, oh, I've been meaning to buy this record, like, literally when the day came out, and it was that weekend, and then he passed away. And then I like, oh, quick, I've got to buy the record because uh, I was going to and I'm like, oh, shit. And then they're like, we're not going to get new stock for two weeks. <laughs> it's like everyone's it. And you listen to it and he's, he's wow. Like, and, and you even read reviews before, like, he passed away and had to redo them, basically. Like, it's what it meant. And that all these people working on the record, a lot of them really didn't know what was going on. And so they have these kind of vision of that all happening and then apparently he's put a lot into the the design and and the artwork this still has apparently a lot of meaning and secrets that people haven't discovered apparently um yeah so i hear so um yeah no that's it's it's incredible mm-hmm. great record no i love it yeah. um yeah love that choice uh i have my questions up here yes i do um here we go video game hall of fame we said it before kind of thing and i think that was a precursor to you're gonna have some cool answers for sure so how many how many games are we talking oh, here as many as you want i like like i don't know top threes are often like my thing but everyone's got their kind of either one or five or do ten i don't mind yeah i don't know like just for me personally um like the games that were sort of more f- most formative my life um god this is so hard <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no it's fine like i'm just thinking like um like first video game console i owned was the original nes mm. and so i have lots of good memories of like playing that with my brother i think my my choice from that era would probably be final fantasy one 
like the, the oh, NES no. original. Like, it's by no means an easy game. There's a ton of grinding. It's bullshit in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, like, I spent so many hours and have so many good memories of it. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I was going to say, too, and like, it, it's amazing what happens with games like that when you had no other choice. Like, that's all you had. And, mm. like, so you, you're not distracted by what other things are out of play. You kind of... you you gel with its weirdness and you go, well, yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah. Also, that was like the first game I owned that like had a save function on it. So like, <laughs> you know, we could actually like save the game and not have to like leave it on and hope that, you know, our parents didn't like turn it off or reset it or anything. Yeah. When we went I to think school that, or whatever. There's also that case to be made, like the the lower fidelity stuff of that age that uh, I've heard of some some really good breakdowns of it, but you think of something like early Indiana Jones game or something like this, but when you have less to look at, your mind kind of, especially at that age, makes the rest up oh, in yeah, a way exactly. that becomes probably more vivid than any other, you know, the next oh, generation yeah, exactly. there on after ever. It's the most vivid thing you can ever remember. And just the sprite work in that game was still fantastic and everything. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... But yeah, let's see. Going forward, um, didn't actually own another console until the PlayStation, the original PS1. Mm. Um, and then my choice for sort of that era. Actually, sorry, before we get to the PS1, there's definitely um, some computer games in there because. You yeah. know, 90s computer games are good. I mean, you probably got to have to gotta put, like, <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D in there because that's another game I oh, yeah. we're out, hours into. Wear out that space bar or whatever it was. Trying to get yeah. The walls, like. <laughs> I still remember, like, a lot of the sounds. I was like, oh, my Lubin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, remember, I remember they made the mobile port. And I'm like, oh, it just automatically opens the hidden doors. I'm like, that's no fun, is it? Like, you just, like, just jam in that thing. <laughs> Yeah, jam in the wow. space. That was a gutsy well, like, game. Because <laughs> it made like the reject sound if you were doing it against a wall that didn't have anything, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It was it was so good. Um, let's see. Then like I don't know. I'm just trying to think of games that sort of meant something to me. Then yeah, we can move on to like PS One. Um. Oh, let's see. PS1 got to probably go with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like game. we've had a few people say that, yeah. Um, I and, mean, and, Final Fantasy VII as well, but, like, Tactics needs to call out more. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then the next, then um, I had, after that, uh, we got the PS2, and uh, my oh, choice for that would be Metal Gear Solid 2. And all its weirdness again. <laughs> all its weirdness, yeah. <laughs> all Helmet Kojima, yeah. Oh wow, just like um, I never played it, but was that the one with the the like the Castlevania save file thing? And the, no, uh, that was that was the first switch. one. That was Metal Gear. Ah, Metal. gotcha. You like Castlevania? And, don't you? <laughs> and you, so you mentioned that it's just like what? Yeah. It's like breaking the fourth wall that like nothing ever has in a game. Like, oh, yeah, and then oh, you had uh, to beat that boss by plugging your controller into port <laughs> yeah. two. You're just like, what is this game? And I love that. Like, it's yeah, no, it's, still it's, it's definitely one of the best like fourth wall breaking moments. Um, mm. Yeah, but Castlevania or Metal Gear Solid Two was just like super slick and felt like so mm. amazing, you know, because it was pretty early in the PS2's life. 
Spain. I'm in a box. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that the best thing in the game, the box. <laughs> exactly. The box. Um, yeah, and then like, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Is that four so far? Anyway, I'm uh, going to keep going. Is that three? Yeah. It's fine. Uh, also on PS2, I have to give a shout out to uh, like Katamari Damacy, because that game was just a yeah. blast. Freaking delightful! Yeah, <laughs> it's just like you need a smile on your face. You just look at and just it has like the best music, right? Like yeah, totally. Like yeah, I feel like shit. I'm just gonna roll up the you know roll up everything <laughs> and make the moves, I, You know, I think that's what's so genius about it. And I know Akatamari, uh, I believe, has a bit more like uh, Japanese kind of. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. I was going to say law for a second, but like there's there's Flavor. like origin story. Yeah, exactly. That like more than I know, of course, but like yeah. the thing, um, like it's certainly a word, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's kind of genius in a way that's just like, that's, that's a tendency. A lot of us have in our head. We kind of just want to like roll up some chaos, like, and yeah, that's exactly. super relieving and satisfying. Like it's, uh, it's kind of lovely. Yeah. I mean, and then let's see. I mean, there's so many great games. Like we've mentioned some other ones earlier, like Disco Elysium and Oberdin and yeah. all that stuff. That but blew like, my mind. I'm going to have to like just go with the game that I sink the most hours into these days, which is Slay the Spire. Because that, that's just yeah, like, yeah. it was one of the first like roguelike card game things. And I think it's mm. still one of the best, right? Like I just haven't oh, yeah. found a reason. deck build up. Yeah, <laughs> what roguelike deck build? Yeah, yeah, and it's certainly yeah. the t- it's certainly the template, right? Like for yeah, anyone exactly. else trying to make anything like that, they're like, well, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's so replayable with the ascension system, and like there's so many different strategies, and like you know the achievements are great, and it's like, wait, how can I possibly you know get <laughs> nine hundred and ninety nine block in a turn? Like what the hell, right? Like oh yeah um you know there's so many things like it's just it's just so good and it's like for me it's like a good game to play while i'm like you know listening to like a podcast or a video in the Mm -hmm. other you know on the other screen it's like i don't know it's just a good relaxing game i'm not a fan of sort of twitchy sort of gameplay you know that Mm -hmm. needs fast responses i like to sort of more deliberate right yeah yeah but yeah, so that's, so, that, least... so that would be it for me. That that would that would wrap it all up for me, I guess. Nice. I was going to say at the least, I've I definitely found like you know, the more life goes on, the more you need kind of, or you you recognize there's a kind of a quiver or a t- like tiers of games that you need, and like those more relaxing ones that you can do something else with tend to get mm-hmm. a lot more like they're a lot more preferable, and or you always just need them for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not quite been... he- it's not quite head empty gaming, but it's you know close. Yeah. And it's got that satisfying element. You got to think about it, that kind of thing, of course. But it's it's just enough, yeah. which is that delicate, amazing balance. Um, a bit of humor in there too. But that's that's oh, yeah, the second definitely. recommendation for that game. And I know how how widely touted it is. And yeah. that's all I need to, uh, you know, I kind of need it in my life. I think so. Definitely, definitely um, good. Yeah, I would love to like. I don't think it would work super well as like a tabletop game, but I I would love to like just own like a set of the cards from it you yeah know? yeah for sure like just as a collector's would... item like just print you know a starting deck and like each of the cards from you know all the characters and like just you know as a collector's piece sort of thing i would love to own that you know yeah for sure for sure um no, i love it uh chest you have the next one didn't but didn't 
No, no, no. We hmm. didn't. We didn't do album because uh, because David Bowie was 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 I, a. Uh, I was going to say like now I'm now I'm completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> yeah, you know, we always um, make them. Well, we already, we, talk, them well, we already talked about. I mean, Earthling is you know definitely a great album, but if we're going yeah. outside of Bowie, um, do we have to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say like my choice just for something m- most people probably haven't heard is. Find an album called The Cover-Up by the Proto-Men. Ooh. Um, it's... The Proto-Men are, like, a band that have done, like, some... <clears throat> some Me- uh, Mega Man-inspired music. Wow. In the past. Awesome. But The Cover-Up is a... Um, album that is a cover of like 80s uh songs but it's done really well and it's also like templated as the soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist wow i've heard people do this and it's like this is so high concept and so there's like so there's like sound clips that are supposedly from the movie it's definitely (laughs) worth checking out it's on like spotify and everything and i think you can find it on uh band camp and stuff as well so yeah that is excellent yeah uh the best kind of like recommendations the the genres here like I always love looking at this it's, but it's like i mean it's covers of opera. really interesting songs it's not also just like your typical 80s covers like yeah um but one of the genres is nintendo core i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. fantastic let's see it has the because genre. the night princes of the universe mr roboto oh, nice. Um, <laughs> nice. Bit of sticks. No easy way out. Um, in the air tonight. I drove all night. Total eclipse of the heart. The trooper. Uh, danger zone and silent running. Like it has just really great, cool '80s songs. It actually sets a really cool mood, and they're all really yeah. well done. Like, um. They and like the I think they actually had some uh minor success with their cover of In the Air tonight. It's a very interesting cover of it. So Cool, cool. Yeah, like just the the sheer number of inspiration and uh sources here is incredible. Um there's one here that's a little bit abstract, but it speaks to me a lot. The the song The Mexican by Babe Ruth is is a, an absolute favourite of mine. And um which is then it's been covered by other people, that kind of thing. But a lot of people don't remember who originally did it, and that to see that get a mention in there is super cool. Some Queen as well, like this. Yeah. This looks mad. Uh, also, yeah, their on on stage presence looks incredible. Yeah, they're, they're I'm, really good. I need to check this out afterwards. This, this sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet. I'm I'm gonna step in here as well, and I'm gonna say on the other side of that for something yep. completely different as well. Of course, uh, check out Professor Elemental. Oh, he's the uh, he's like that nerdcore rapper, right? Like the uh, he, the sort of steampunky one, right? <laughs> yes, chap hop. Yeah, chap hop. That's the <laughs> <Chap> term. <up. laughs> yeah, that's funny. funny. Wearing a safari outfit. That's so cool. Yeah, um, nice. but not Doctor Steel. Stay away from Doctor Steel. Oh, this is this is like Vernon a hall. Is, hang wow. on. <clears throat> 
problematic. Yes, yes. yes. I, can we make a little sound clip for that one? Because we, we seem <laughs> I think to. We're gonna need to. We we often fly close to the sun. What? Yeah, it's like. By the way, we'll just uh, undertone this one with problematic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh no, I love it. So and, where and, are we up to? Favorite favorite magic art. Ooh, that's a kinda? tough one. It's hard to say. Yeah. Like, I love a lot of different arts, right? It's, um... Yeah, but you got to pick your favourite. <laughs> yeah, I just... It's hard. And, and so skeleton hard. ship's already taken, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... I don't know. It's so hard. Because um, <laughs> for me, I think... I, I think one of the, the most favourite arts for me in Magic is the Orchid Farmer. No. Which one? Orcish armor. Oh, farmer. Is that orcish farmer. Oh, orcish farmer. I said orcish armor. Yeah. Um. Let orcish me farm. see. Oh, actually, actually. <laughs> orcish farmer is fantastic. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I love orcish lum- lumberjack as well. That goes in my gardening Australia deck, and it's it's actually really good. But yeah, yeah it's, it's hilarious. Um... Wow, that pig. <laughs> orcish farmer is just a dude and his pig. <laughs> Got some great uh, flavor text by uh, Toothlicker Harge, the orcish, or- orcish captain. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. What a time, Ice Age. Far out. Okay, for today, I'm going to go with uh, Rebecca Gay's um, Dark Ritual from Mercadian Masks. Oh, yeah. With, like, the three people in a circle and the big eyeball in the sky. And it's very... Not exactly abstract, but kind of abstracted. It's just a very yeah. pretty card, and it looks super good. And it's like my dark ritual of choice. So I'm going to go with that one for today because it's yeah. Because the second uh, cross that I actually care expect. about. It, it's hilarious the fact that that particular art of dark ritual looks so much like a secret lair. Yeah. It's not funny. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I see that one as like such a progressive piece as well because it it's very colourful for a black card and like very purple and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know what's coming off the back of that? A hypnotic specter, of course. So, you know, yeah. just good times. Exactly. Or a blazing I mean, specter. It's defender. hard for me. Mm. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting because like they've printed some good Dirk Ritual arts since then. Like the oh, yeah. uh, the M1 Cat one is cool. Uh, I'm not a fan of the English um, Mystical Archive one, but the Japanese one is really cool as well. Um, yeah, that one's but like, but like that the Rebecca like... Gay one and like the original art are probably my two favorites. Though yeah, the Frexian nice. Altar one is also cool. But yeah, no, I always joke. It's like it is the one with the most amount of arts that I'd never seen before, and like I feel like I see a new one every week. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that, there's that eleven Fire. different arts. Yeah, the Phyrexian one's nuts too, because it's like it's that almost Geiger kind of machinery as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's that's creepy. Uh, yeah. And literally quoting the Phyrexian script, uh, Phyrexian scriptures I just saw. Um, super super nice. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, so the next one is recommend us a movie. Mm-hmm. I used to have like a really good answer for this, and then the main actor in that movie became problematic, so I don't recommend it anymore. Yikes! Absolutely fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's think here. It's like it's like when I watch uh, Superman Returns for for the badness that is the horrible script. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, it seems to be missing a villain, and I'm not not sure why they didn't cast a villain in that movie. They just forgot about it, I guess. So it's just Superman, like, you know, <laughs> trying to fight an invisible force. Yeah. What is there with no contrast? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with one that I actually rewatched for the first time in a while. Uh, <laughs> Big with Tom Hanks. So <laughs> no, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yes. yes. I mean, it's Absolutely. it's mildly problematic these days, but like, if you look at it for what it is, it's you know it's over the top like a lot of the classic kung fu yeah, movies. Yeah. So I don't think like there's nothing specifically racist in it per se. I just think it's a little um, stereotypical, mm-hmm. but like it's stereotypical <laughs> in the way that old kung fu movies were, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you was, have to accept it's it, not it was a necessarily racist at what the they start, do today, to but honest. it's still it's still fun. It's a lot of fun, and you know, I mean, it has oh, a mostly Asian cast, and it's you know, good. No one's like belittled or anything, so it's just and, really and well. And Jack good. isn't the hero of the story. Yeah. And like you Which, know, anything with uh, oh god, why can I not think of his name? The actor who played Jack, Ego the Living Planet. Yeah, yeah. What's his <laughs> freaking Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Russell and yeah, and Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell is just oh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's mullet. <laughs> Kurt Russell is just a gift. The new Captain America's dad. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell yeah. is, is um, definitely a gift, and like. It's also fun if you watch it and like think that uh, that Jack might actually just be ego in disguise. <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh, that's gonna break me. The, the, it, it's funny because the story the story pretty much plants Jack as just being a dumb, slightly racist <laughs> truck driver who just likes to fight and he likes to drink. Yeah. That's that's his and whole thing. And he just thing. likes to hang out in Chinatown. Like, yeah. Not, and not the hero becomes, we need. <laughs> yeah. No, well, he's not the, the hero of the story, right? Hero, he's, but he's not no, the he, hero he, at he's all. He's the perspective character, right? Like, mm. Yeah. I mean, not to spoil yeah, like, a, what, nearly <laughs> 40 or 35-year-old th- movie? I don't know. It was, what, 86? Oh, we say all, all bets yeah, are off that Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, like, yeah, yeah, he gets the kill on Lopan, but, like, so what? Right? Like... It's just classic. Like Lopan is such a classic look, and it's so quotable. Like you know, six demon bag and <laughs> the whole the whole radio scene at the start with you know, yeah, you know what old Jack says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's, like, it's it's a classic dumb fun popcorn movie, right? Like totally, don't totally. try to read anything into it. It's just just enjoy it. You know, it's a product yeah. of its time, right? You know. It's like Escape from New York, you know? Yeah. Like, the whole thing was there was a stretch of movies specifically designed to go into theaters so that people could just turn their brains off from the world Mm. of the, you know, of the 80s because the 80s were pretty shit. Um, And a lot of people probably don't remember there was like, you know, uh, all the, the war stuff that was going on yeah. and, you know, we constantly thought that the world was going to erupt into, like, another war and, you know, things were just actually pretty grim. Yeah. But you had these movies coming out and it was like, you know, shh, no, 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 shh, don't, don't look at the plot, don't look under the dress, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Just admire it for what it is. It's a fun romp. Just... Mm-hmm. Just the dressing doesn't matter. You yeah. just want to watch it do its thing and be entertained. Mm. Huh. Just, just looking at Kurt Russell's uh, Wikipedia page, apparently he provided the voice for Elvis in Forrest Gump. He did. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I feel like my mum told me that piece of trivia because, like, she just adores that movie and, and everything about it. But um, and yeah, what did you ever? Yeah, uh, and, and my him brother and Goldie read, Horn I'm, have been together forever. What's that? Yeah, uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn have been together forever. Oh yeah, for like sure. I think they are the longest surviving couple in Hollywood at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, like since nineteen eighty three. So since before yeah. Big Trouble in Little China was even made, so yeah, yep. good yeah. for them. Um, I've said it before, but uh, did you know about the, uh, the 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 Forrest Gump book and the the, the sequel? It's like one of the list of uh, stories that a lot of people don't realize is a there's a wacky sequel, um, which is super interesting. I remember my brother reading the book. So apparently, uh, Forrest goes to space, and Forrest gets comes back to Earth, and kind of gets marooned on an island for a while, which sounds like it has this crossover. Castaway. <laughs> exactly. In, so in, in my mind, the, the Tom Hanks deep lore. It's like the two are connected. a boyfriend called Wilson. <laughs> What's that? Exactly. exactly. And then somewhere, somewhere in there, he probably ends up like looking for a, uh, a great Leonardo da Vinci kind of mystery. Or, I don't know. Anyway. But uh, yeah, apparently it gets very ridiculous in the, uh, the sequel and um, kind of nuts. So... Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, next one was. Uh, do you have a favorite Who's Pokemon? That Pokemon. <laughs> do you have a favorite Pokemon, Charlotte? Xerneas. <laughs> oh, who this? I don't. I don't know who this one is. Xerneas. It's no. a legendary Pokemon, but it's like good old sword, sword legs, dear. Oh yes, oh yes. I remember. I've with, seen with them this one. Shiny rainbow crystal antlers and. Yeah. Oh. Like that is the just definition of majestic. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, fucking it, it's sword legs, like uh, yeah, sword legs and handler handlers. I want to call them because they look like a massive hand yeah. <laughs> or hands. Ooh, mm. Sword legs. Uh, is it? Are they literally? Yeah, are they literally sword legs? Yeah, as far as I know, uh, they look so like, like swords. Like, uh, is that like a chroma or blade legs? Yeah. I've seen it on the cards. I haven't. I don't watch them. So I'm, I'm guessing you, you, you're uh, you. With that being said, uh, from the physiological uh, physiological uh, perspective, you can definitely teach your uh, Xerneas cut in the games, and you'd <laughs> you'd not do so because that's a bad idea. It's um, it's one of those weird things because so back when I was still doing competitive Pokemon, um, people used to call this uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, um, gay pride Bambi. Really? Was the nickname for Xerneas. Um And I, I get it, like, mm-hmm. because a lot of people just attach themselves to, like, the fact that it, it, it basically has a, you know, the colors of yeah. gay pride flag. Pretty majestic, um, yeah. And it was like, you know what? I, I dig it. That's yeah. that's really fucking cool. Um, and they, they clearly didn't mean it in any kind of, like, weird, yeah. Yeah. horrible derogatory way. Exactly. Which exactly. I kind of always expect from those kinds of groups. That's exactly um, what I was just expecting when you said it. It's like, oh, yeah. please, but please no, not. The, like, exactly. I'm glad it was. Competitive possible. Pokemon is a whole different thing than, like, Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, yeah. you would never say that in Yu-Gi-Oh because there's so many little fuckboys around. <laughs> who's just like, <laughs> I grew up in a basement and I can't get sex. Uh, <laughs> And I like the world. Whereas competitive Pokemon is extremely open these days. Yeah. Like to the point where it kind of makes me cry a little bit. Cause I'm like, but it's the, these people are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's, it's, I mean, like to be fair, I didn't play Pokemon until relatively recently. Like mm-hmm. my first Pokemon game was Omega Ruby. 
and then I played Pokemon X, but, like, I just, even before I started playing, like, just, you know, Sword Lake's dear. How can you not love that, right? Like, Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's cool. definitely better than whatever the hell Yveltal well. is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. What was, um... Or uh, Zygarde, so, um, or whatever, like... Was Omega Ruby, uh, so was it Omega Ruby and Omega Sapphire, were they just remakes of Ruby and Sapphire with yeah. lots of cool new stuff? Yes. I'd be into yeah. that because Ruby was one of my last fond ones I played. Uh, yeah, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire are great. They have, oh, what's it called? That sort of Pokemon tracking radar. It's really good to like chain and find rare Pokemon and shinies and stuff. So. Oh, dang, dang. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, um, Chesh, you you got a uh, you're still playing. Uh, you I saw it. I never thought I've never seen it re- <laughs> reference as Pogo, but that's that makes sense, I guess. Uh, I still play Pogo. Yes, you, you got a uh, you got a shiny magic card the other day. I I I did. I thought so it was here's, dead. Here's, <laughs> I was like, oh no, no that's just no, what magic card does. <laughs> it's still yeah, it's still flopping kicking. about, still kicking, still rocking about. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's the funny thing. So I logged on to do my dailies. Um, and every time I see a magic cup, I check it and I'm disappointed. And this one time I like kicked in there and I wasn't even looking. Um, and I threw the first pokeball and the pokeball like, you know, basically failed. Mm. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> this one's because got spirit. Then, yeah. Cause after it broke out of the pokeball, I was like, oh, oh it's, it's, it's gold. It's a gold magic cup. It's a gold magic cup. And I was like, <laughs> gotta catch it. Gotta catch it. It's, Got to catch it. I don't need to catch it all. I need to catch this one right now. <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, so, so, that's that, so does that mean the, uh, the Gyarados is going to be super shiny too? Yeah. The Gyarados will be red. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Dang. That's hot. That's, that's amazing. Um, no, I dig but that. I mean, I might just keep it as a gold magic cup. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. And just whole ass with the gold magic cup. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I was going to say, well, there you go. There's the uh, the question 8B then uh, as of the last, what has it been, five, six episodes, Chesh, as we've done a deep dive into the deep lore of, of, of you know, uh, Pokemon as we learnt that, um, uh, or you kind of alluded Snorlax to, Snorlax eats things that is kind of nuts. Um, someone, who was it? It was Dan from Moderately Anonymous MTG asked what would, uh, what would the best steak be made out of a Pokemon? Um, I don't know, Charlotte, if you've got an answer for that one. It's a, well, the know the first about. thing we should ask is, Charlotte, do you eat meat? I do. <laughs> um, okay. See, best Pokemon I try to be a bit more careful. I mean, obviously there's well, a... What happens if you have a pseudo-wudo? <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like... Well, then you're eating <laughs> rock, right? Like, I've had a oh, pseudo-wudo a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. I mean, obviously well, there's, there's the great... Uh, uh brian what's his name video on the edibility of pokemon oh what i did not know this um there's so someone's blazed this trail chesh i need to um, check this out because this just makes me go um brian the david back Gilbert, of a bulbasaur uh no the the, the bulb on a bulbasaur's back yeah. is probably almost identical to an artichoke heart right <laughs> yeah but the Bulbasaur itself would have to be like some sort of. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it's some sort of like mix between um, some sort of uh, gamey sort of meat mixed with lizard. <laughs> so that that would be very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but now I just want to make artichoke hearts on pizza again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and <laughs> people think I'm a bit weird because of that. But like, no, artichoke hearts on pizza are fantastic. It's really fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it yeah. tastes great. And if you've never tried it, please try it. Go to um, um, Italy in summer, and uh, artichokes are in season a lot of times. It's really exactly. Really you know thing. what? I, I keep thinking though. Yeah. Have is is there even a prawn Pokemon? Pokemon, uh, right? Pokemon. I really want there to be because prawns are kind of because awesome. there's there's crawfish, right? Because yeah. that's that's crowfish. I'm gonna say there's surely surely something because we've seen every let's, kind of let's aquatic creature, right? Like because I I I'm gonna prawn Pokemon. Let's have a look. Oh, that thing's like I mean you could get into the old one the shrimp what shrimp what shrimpy. No, uh, there they can go into, nuts. like, the fossil kind of ones, maybe. Um, no, but that's more escargot, right? Yeah. Like, if um, you're talking about anorith, anorith is e- oh, more yeah, like a, a sea snail or just right, a snail. That's right, um, Let's see. In terms of, like, eating Pokemon, I mean, Snorlax has got to be the most tender, right? Because they don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? That's, that's exactly where we got, right? Just, <laughs> delicious delicious marbled meat. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Like you imagine the the marbling and the wow, mm. mm-hmm. that'd be the finest Japanese restaurant. It'd be fantastic! Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the one I Co- I just Kobe thought about Snorlax, like mm. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the one I just thought about weirdly enough, Chesh, because I always try and bring up Masingno because it's fond Pokemon memories. But like Masingno would just be like LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be something like um, there is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One taste I, and you're out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, Chesh, and I don't know if they're like fanfic uh, things. They are fanfic. They usually yeah, are, right? No, so I can't, yeah. I can't run off these. That's yeah. Um, uh, oh, there is. Hmm. Which shows that's me that an interesting one. Probably always wanted one because. Well, I mean, Croitza comes from Clauncher. Clauncher yep. is basically like a, a crab type. Um, but when it gets bigger, it looks more like a shrimp with like a giant claw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe Cloitza would be like, maybe. you know, pretty much like a, a prawn. Um, I don't know. Because if you've never tried it, king prawn, camembert, yeah. and sweet chili sauce on a pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Try it. Do it. Trust me. You'll love it. I don't know why, but feel with- has always looked pretty tasty to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I don't know why now, but like Paris as well. Is it Paris? The the little mushroom crap? Like Yeah. Yeah, Paris and Parasect. Yeah. I know it'd be probably um, but anyway. Yeah. No, no, I mean, they, they, I mean, they have the move uh, spore, but I mean cherubi looks delicious, but that's fruit, that's not a steak, right? So. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, then there's there's Appleby or whatever its name is. What was Applebee's. the one that was literally like a palm tree? Um, yeah. Or is that that Oh, one? um. The like uh, dinosaur uh, palm tree thing. Ah. Uh, doesn't Ruby. Damn it. Yeah. There's too many, there's, there's too many magic uh, legendary names. There's too many Pokemon names. Who remembers? Who has the who has this, the real estate in their mind anymore? Not me. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I could probably just look it up because I'm pretty sure I actually have one. <laughs> I was about to go Pokemon palm tree back dinosaur thing, but yeah, that's no, fine. Anyway, oh, we'll, we'll, we could go down that forever, and that's that's a delightful one. But uh, we will we will wrap up the uh, the gauntlet of guest questions with uh, just the last one, just to bookend it with some magic content there, Charlotte. But uh, in just a few words, what does magic mean to you? Or uh, magic to me is, I mean, it's it's kind of cliche to say that magic is the gathering, right? Magic is totally. 
an amazing community of people coming together to have fun, to play a game, you know, that can be played in so many ways, um, you know, to share and just the love of these cards and this, you know, everything that has, you know, happened with the game in these past almost 30 years now. Right. Like, mm. I mean, to me, that's what magic is. And magic, magic means magic is the community and just, you know, one of the best games ever made, you know? Totally. Totally. And they're, they're the kind of points to always, like, I like to remember and like look back on if, you know, there are tough like weeks or whatever. And you just say, well, it's all a bit much or like sometimes the people again, yeah. like vocal minorities might be a bit too much and they're kind mm-hmm. of, it's all get, gets a bit sour, but it's like, that's it. Like, you know, there mm-hmm. is something always attaching us uh, to us and, and, you know, remembering those good times, but it's fond, fond ma- magic memories as well. Like yeah. remember those absolutely delightful, like pre-release times or, you know, mm-hmm. like you say, the mystery booster times and you're there experiencing it with, uh, with friends and, and go, Oh, what did you get? What did you get? That's awesome. And yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's pure, you know, I love it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we, as we often do, we, uh, we round out the whole thing, uh, the whole Commander Crunch experience with a, uh, with the entertaining, which is, I think what Chesh originally wanted to call the podcast, um, which was, you know, if Chesh just didn't entertain, he wanted to be called Magic the Entertaining because it probably uh, serves to uh, label exactly what this podcast is about in that it's kind mm-hmm. of a bunch of magic and then a bunch of everything else. And, you know, I know we we always will love to go down a rabbit hole if it comes to talking about movies and, and shows or music or whatever else we want to talk about because, I mean... Uh, I didn't say it before, but I usually say it with our guests. Everyone is interesting. Everyone has really cool influences and always want to hear them, that kind of thing. So this one's always a bit more like just, you know, the day-to-day, the status quo, uh, what's been lately, like usually the last week or so. Um, so Charlotte, definitely chime in um, if you've got anything there. But, uh, yeah, any non-magic media that's uh, had a taste or attention. Chesh, what are you going? Uh, so I have been binge-watching a show called Blind Spot. Um, mm. which apparently ended in like 2020 and had like five or six seasons. Um, it's basically about a, a, a FBI agent um, who has his name tattooed. Oh, I'm explaining this terribly already. <laughs> it's about this this Jane Doe who doesn't remember shit all and has a whole bunch of tattoos. Um, and the one in the middle of her back is Kurt Weller, which is an FBI agent mm-hmm. um, who then gets assigned to be her handler. Turns out that she is, you know, some sort of like off the books black ops military with memory erased. So muscle yeah. reflexes, et cetera, are still kicking. Um, same with linguistics and stuff like that. But she doesn't really remember who she is. Um, and and they have to go and solve a whole bunch of uh crimes and put people in jail and if you think that this sounds like uh black <laughs> what's it called black uh i want to say black list yes if you, you think this sounds like blacklist you're absolutely absolutely correct like but is, yeah. uh if, yeah, yeah if you're a big fan of blacklist uh you'll probably like this hmm. however it doesn't have the same pizzazz because uh, a certain lead character is what makes blacklist fucking amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> and and without spader like it's just meh it's fine it's it's bingeable uh it's interesting i wish it was more interesting than it actually is mm. uh yeah 
It's a thing. Nice. That's what I've been doing. Uh, yeah, Charlotte, did you have anything you kind of uh, vibing off this last week or so? And again, um, doesn't have to be anything film or, or uh, TV or... Well, I mean, I've been... Uh, I just want to give a shout out to some of my friends. Uh, on, like, we have what used to be like a tabletop RPG Discord, but oh, nice. then the usual DM decided that he wanted to take a break and so like for the last half year every like sunday morning at least my time we've all been getting together on discord to watch all the marvel movies in like timeline order nice and we just did uh end game this past sunday and then the, so this week we're gonna finish with uh spider-man far from home and then we're done basically we're caught up until shang chi is available on disney plus and like mm-hmm yeah, nice. Yeah. Which has apparently been getting rave reviews. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, happy to see yeah. it. Which is hilarious because it feels like one of those movies that, that Disney does and then not buries, but just doesn't like, doesn't really promo because they're like, yeah. eh, this is probably going to fail real bad. Yeah. Mm. Hashtag the first Iron Man movie, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, as for like, and then in, in that same vein, like I've really been digging the uh, what if Marvel series on mm, uh, Disney mm. Plus, so freaking good. If you're at all a fan of the movies, you owe yourself to watch it. They're really well done. It's mostly the original voice cast. It's just really good stuff, and apparently, it's starting to like tie itself all together mm-hmm. or something. So that's sure kind of cool. I don't know. I just really some, dig it, and the animation beat. style is great, and it's just really good. Yeah, my only concern with the what if is I, I feel like they kind of peaked with the Captain Carter thing. Um, I don't know. That one, I mean, that one was also it, just very beat for beat a replay of uh, and, First and Avenger, that was, right? Like, yeah, that's that's what a couple of people were saying. Like, they were saying like, oh no, 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 it's just it was very safe. And I'm like, I I, I get that, but this is the Captain America that I wish that we actually did get. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I I love Chris. Um. I think, you know, because he's a phenomenal actor, but I kind of wish we got Captain Carter straight up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, like, they're mm. all they're all really good and they're all interesting. I like the ones that sort of hew closer to stuff we've seen and the ones that hew, you know, farther away. Like, mm. I mean, also, this not, not is to... the last, uh, like, performance, the last performance of Chadwick Boseman that's being released and he was just yes. always so good. Yeah, right. yeah. That reminds me. That actually just changes my answer when you mentioned Chadwick Boseman. It did. It did actually remind me of something I've absorbed this week, and for some reason I forgot about it. But um, uh, yeah, I watched uh, Basketball: A Love Story. Chesh, you totally need to check this out. Um, narrated by Chadwick Boseman, I believe. Yeah, it's a TV series from 2018. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of different narrators, but Chadwick Boseman was like the primary one. But pretty much this massive uh, 10-episode kind of documentary series uh, of, they say, divided into 62 short films, if you want to really cut it up that way. Uh, It's 20 hours total, so it it goes forever. I I was doing some work this week and just sitting on the couch, and that was in the background and absorbing all that as well. And a lot of the stories I'd heard in, in, you know, knowing history of basketball, that kind of thing. But uh, it pretty much goes through, yeah, right from the very start of the creation of basketball, the game, to most of the NBA history, the ABA history, the current history, 
all the things. And then most importantly to like the, um, the history of like uh, the women's side of NBA. And so the WNBA and, and players rights, that kind of thing. And, and representation. And like, that's, that's the side of things that I feel like is never really told. And, and that was awesome as well. So uh, probably the most all encompassing, just kind of breakdown of basketball full stop I've ever seen. And it was flipping incredible. And the way it's kind of all done and paced is it's not necessarily chronological, it kind of follows a bit of a chronological thing, but it does dip back to say, here's a little story in the 1960s and here's a little thing going on in the 80s and then kind of goes there, but generally gravitates towards uh, the end of, you know, uh, well, current day, that kind of thing as well. And, and you yeah. know, LeBron Le- being LeBron and all that stuff. And it just gives context to anything. And it and I guess it's, it's a bit like what we're saying before about magic. Like there's things like that. You're like, oh, cool. I just love remembering why I love basketball, <laughs> you know, like those kind of things and all the cool things in history that have happened. Um, and then, like I say, especially the whole, the side of the game, I don't think gets enough love and it's amazing, but the women's side as well. So, um, yeah, no, highly recommended. It was, I think it was originally on ESPN, but it uh, it showed up on Stan, I think, locally, Chesh. Um, but yeah, incredible. And um, yeah, had Chadwick Boseman in it. So um, the only other thing I had was uh, watch the second Nicolas Cage movie, uh, I thought maybe third. We're, we're on a bit of a run, but watch that Color Out of Space one, which was the, the other one direct, uh, produced by... Uh, Elijah Wood, so kind of similar to if, if you're going to watch Mandy, watch Color Out of Space as well. Uh, and this was delightful and and kind of intense and uh, a lot of fun. Kind of uh, again, it's like it's 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 a pseudo horror, but it's not really horror in a way. It's more just like kind of a visual, like weird thriller thing. Um, again, I don't know really how to put it, but uh, it's based on a Lovecraft short story which is super cool that you can kind of put that story into a modern day context and it still works. And that's like the beauty of some of those stories. Cause it's more about the, uh, the clash of something otherworldly like hitting. It doesn't even matter what current day is, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be 1920s or whatever. It's just like current day. And you can put that in any context, which is kind of amazing. But yeah, Nicholas Cage kind of hitting it out of the park again with those moments of, you know, kind of just being, pretty solid actor of course and, and a legend but like then the moments of absolute hysteria where there's moments that are like deeply unsettling while being funny at the same time it's that like that balance that mandy does as well which is is such a weird thing to think about that it's like really almost like terrifying but he makes you laugh at the same time which is kind of strange to uh you know delve into um there's also an alpaca hydra so uh that's a maybe a bit of a spoiler but like that's kind of the stuff you're talking about in in this movie that where things just go apeshit like it goes to 11 uh goes crazy it's it's nuts um good time enjoy it Mm -hmm. yeah uh i think that does it so uh yeah no it's 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 been an awesome one and and just want to uh thank you so much charlotte for uh giving us your time and and hanging out and you know talking pokemon stakes and you know all other things that that clearly matter in the world and and you know just having a bit of fun and you know yeah absolutely being delightful but uh yeah no good stuff and it's you know keep doing what you're doing and I'm, i'm really stoked with you know uh the kind of the, the minds we have uh, kind of representing our game, um, you know, the, the the format we love and, and that kind of thing and, you know, keep doing what you're doing and, um, yeah, fight the, uh, fight the good fight, so to speak, yeah. you know, I guess, like for the, for the for the betterment of Commander. Always, always. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, most importantly, where can the people find you, Charlotte? 
so the best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter, where I'm at JackalGirl, which is JQLGirl. Um, then you can also find me on various discords under the same name. Those are the best two ways to get in touch. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nice. You nice. can find and, uh, uh, my writing for Commander's Herald at commandersherald.com. Where in the past week I have put out um, a statement on the uh, Golo spanning, uh, and also I wrote the multicolor section of the set review for uh, Midnight Hunt. So check that out. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Will do. Uh, Cheshire, where can we find you, my friend? Look in the description down below of this podcast and you will see. Be enlightened by children. Be enlightened. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm I assuming it. my links will be down there as well. So. Of yes, course. I will. I will I will do the I'll do the legwork, so to speak. But yeah, click Every the links. Every time. Yeah, exactly. But something yeah. something Cheshire plays. Um and you know, just in case people like to type what they hear, uh, you can find myself at Pass the Jam Sam on the Twitters and other places. Uh but most importantly, you can find uh, us. Our website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm. Uh, Twitter is at cmdr underscore crunch. Uh, Instagram is at cmdr crunch. And then send thoughts, feedback, pictures of cephalids, whatever you feel like, uh, <coughs> suggestions to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. Um, yeah, I believe that's an episode, my friends. Uh, let's leave some uh some some advice to you know our uh, lovely listeners if you have any uh just off the back of whatever is Ooh, going on I, in your mind I've right got now some. Go i've got it. some i've got some hey australia maybe don't spend eight billion dollars on nuclear powered submarines when we're still in lockdown and our economy is crashing you bunch of uh, fucking rich morons okay great uh hashtag eat the rich fuck you it sounds like a uh, the story of a kid who just got the keys to a country. I don't know. I want it's submarines. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I'll just say uh, sometimes it's not about just uh, kind of doing all your work at once uh, with the idea that there will be a relief behind it. Kind of focus your attention on uh, what's really helped me actually this week. Uh, the idea and kind of coming to terms with it that, you know, more it's more about being consistent and chipping away at things and, you know, that makes... Uh, some hurdles a lot easier kind of get kind of get through that yeah. kind of thing too so um yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if you have anything charlotte to uh to share and and suggest to our friends can be the most esoteric kind of advice ever but it's uh the platform is yours yeah just be good to each other we're still in the middle of a pandemic you know be safe totally. keep your distance don't go to gatherings if you don't have to you know, I mean, if yes, it's safe to yeah. go play magic, like if it's actually safe to go play magic where you live, do it. But, you know, if, if yeah. you know, there's still a bunch of cases and whatever in your area, maybe think twice, you know, go to your local game store, give them some money. Don't maybe don't stay to play, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, exactly what I did this week, actually. So, um, yep, ran in, got the box, went yeah. out. But, but remember uh, to so support your go, local game store go. and to, you know, buy stuff where you actually do play magic because otherwise it won't be there when this is all over with. Yeah, a great way to think about it, for sure. Awesome. All right, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Commander Crunch Serial Denizens. You've been mm-hmm. awesome uh, for listening to us, and, and uh, we'll catch you next week, I think, for, I believe, we've got another CAG member on, which you are, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, and, and hopefully the week after too. So we're in our CAG series. It's going to be a fun yeah. one. So. <laughs> we're CAGging it up, baby. We're CAGging it up. So uh, love it. Awesome. Take care, friends. Bye. Bye, everyone. I'm just a bear. Bye.